Phoenix Down Radio is on the air. Welcome everybody to Phoenix Down Radio, episode number 116. I'm your host, Klaus Nightbringer, and joining me today, we have a Sarah Timono. Sarah, what's going on? Poke, poke. Sarah? Sarah? Oh, sorry, I had my mute still on. <laughs> I got my Dark Knight to 80, and I found a Blue Mage Glamour that I actually like. Very Look cool. Look at this. This isn't Neo-ish Guardian. This is just replica Sky Pirate stuff. R. Yeah, no, you can mix and match. It looks really good. I'm really happy. Uh, just like I might actually get around to leveling Blue Mage now that I like the way I look. Fair enough. I suppose that that is important to yeah. to like how you look and how you feel and like things about yourself. Hey, yeah, you you want to put forward a cool self image, and then you can be like, oh yeah, I'm the badass hero. I'm not showing off my boobs unnecessarily. That just might be a female character thing, though. One out of five stars. What? <laughs> I appreciate you, Sarah. Thank you. <laughs> we, and as you can hear, we also have a Tellus Marvelous. Tellus, what's going on, buddy? Uh, I'm the second most interesting potato in the world because I haven't done anything in the last two weeks. But uh, things are going well. Um, I finished off um, the second wave of Eden. This week, I've been going remarkably slow in 5.2, but uh, there's a lot of good stuff that has been happening in and out of game that's been really exciting. Oh, such as? Anything you can share? I, I got to visit Canada again, which was always fun, oh, and yeah. catch up with a couple of friends. Uh, I also had a couple of really awesome things come in my direction, uh, so we'll talk more about those as they develop as opposed to... False promises, like, I don't know, moving to another country permanently. <laughs> oh, come on. Sp spread all the, uh, the the terrible lies and... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, everyone. I just came back from Japan and the Philippines three weeks ago to Seattle, and there's nothing wrong. There is no war in Bossing, say. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> uh... Let's all just be sad a bit now. A little bit, but yeah. Seattle's a ghost town, so it's been an interesting couple of weeks. Well, I mean, yeah, there, there's reasons for that, and we don't necessarily want to get into all of that, but yeah, it, it's caused a lot of things to get canceled. Like, they canceled uh, TwitchCon Amsterdam. Yep. They uh, GDC got canceled. GDC got, well, they uh, got postponed. Okay, yeah. Emerald City Comic Con got canceled as well. Let's see. Uh, I've got, there's, is it canceled yet.com has a list of all the various things that links to it. Uh, Google IO has been canceled. South by Southwest has been canceled. What? Um, they canceled South yeah. by Southwest? Yep. Yeah. Holy all those shit. bands we've never heard of are going to be so sad. Oh no. Let's see. The Queen plus Adam Lambert concert is currently listed as uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, their thing is either yes, no, or uh-oh. Oh, so they don't. GDC was canceled. E3 is currently in the uh-oh status. Seattle Comic Con's canceled. Yeah, Emerald City got canceled. Mm. Free samples at Costco are canceled. <laughs> Aww. That's so good. I'm so happy that's what we decided was we were going to do. Doctors Without Borders is not canceled, and they encourage you to donate. Yes, donate, because uh, it's a good cause. Yeah. 
Fortunately, um, um, Anime Detour has not been canceled. Yet. Well, they don't plan on it. Yeah. They plan on continuing. Because, well... People get con crud anyway. But just... They're they're telling people to make sure to take care of yourself. And if you are sick, don't go. We all know that's going to go. Also, wash your hands... Hot uh, soap and hot water. Do there's a number of songs you can sing to it. One Get all over shadow, in between your fingers on your wrist. Uh, sanitizer is uh, like helpful if you don't have an option, but it's kind of the second choice. Uh, there's a long technical thing for so- why soap is good. It pretty much strips off the protective layer of the virus, and so like that it dies. Well, what if you were to say use you know wash your hands and then use the hand sanitizer? Uh, not really necessary. But it would wash make your sure hands and dry them properly, and you'll be fine. It would make sure that uh, those viruses are super dead. Yeah, it's kind of overkill, and there's some concerns about what that how good that might be for you. But yes, well, so if it's overkill, then, then do it. Got it. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Hey, we get the re- Sarah. We get the result we want. Let's just take it. Exactly. <sighs> uh, speaking of, uh, just do it anyway. We did a thing today. Um, we had our meetup uh, with uh, Yelta from Gather Together, and we we all met up at Victoria Borough in uh, Victoria, Minnesota, and that place is absolutely amazing. It is a huge um, place. They, they've got. Mini, a mini golf course in the center of it. Um, around the, there's a bar up front. There's a bunch of uh, places you can order food on the side. They've got a whole bunch of different video games. In the back is axe throwing. They have a ticket style arcade off in one corner. Um, they have these. Uh, um, I don't remember what the game is called, but it's like the game where you take a nail into a stump and you have to hit it with the pointy end of a hammer. That old German drinking game or something like that. That's, huh. That does sound German for some reason I can't quite articulate. But That uh, is a really hard thing I've done. Yes. That, that was got, stupid got hard. Those around the place, they have uh, uh, bean bags. I mean, the place was a lot of fun. And uh, we, th- we threw axes. We got a few pictures that we posted. Um, Yelta was kind of our videographer. So uh, we'll be uh, relying on her. Um, expertise and the things that she took to see how badly that uh, yours truly did. <laughs> I did get a couple of uh, bullseyes, but um, no, it's actually very interesting to uh, to throw axes. And, and Nick Nar was pretending the board was uh, the Moogles from Mogholm. He said in chat earlier. I so, mean, if it improves your accuracy, you should definitely do it. I think it did help him actually, because my God, Please was don't he throw axes at Moogles? Unless Good they're from Mog Home. Oh. oh, perfect. Artemisian's <laughs> fine. We could save him. He's not from Mog Home though, so he's okay. Yeah. Um. I mean, naming way is fine. Um, naming way is not a Moogle. Depends on the game. He's a humming way. Depends anyway, is he? Now I'm curious. Anyway. Anyway, so um, we there was uh, we had a total of nine people there. There was myself, uh, Yelta, and uh, her husband Ulf. Nicknar was there. Our friend Renari 
uh, was there, as uh, as well as uh, stream supporter Daltrea and his girlfriend, and a friend from work, uh, Travis, and his wife. So, six of us threw axes, um, and like I said, it was just a really, really good time. And we're thinking of making this a kind of a semi-annual thing, whether or not we go here each time, but uh, like I said, maybe making these meetups kind of a every six six-ish months or so. It'll be a lot of fun to do. So, hey, class, can we throw axes at FanFest? Um, I don't think that they would like that too much. They might. I mean, we find a place that like there's boards. And if, stuff we can, and if we can find a place that has boards nearby, yeah. Uh, um. Oh, okay, I'm not meaning we just like peace out into San Diego streets and be like, buckle up, Buttercup. Like, no, let's. No, let's find yeah, an actual we, place we, to we, go. We go to a Home Depot. We we, we clean their uh, the axes out. <laughs> And then we, we just march into a fan fest with them. I don't think they would like that. Oh. <laughs> Come on, I'm not but wrong. But now I right? want to go to Home Depot and just buy like a dozen hand axes. <laughs> be like, don't worry, nothing bad is occurring. <sighs> oh, God damn it. Anyway, so that, that was an amazing time. Um, so check out the social medias for those. I did post a couple of pictures, and like I said, Yalta does have video that she will be sharing on hers. She'll let us know when she does that. And now a quick programming note. Uh, on April 4th, there will not be a regular episode of Phoenix Down Radio. As that weekend, I will be at Anime Detour, um, and we'll be putting on two panels. Um, both of my panels were approved this year. Uh, the first panel is I'll be bringing back the introductory podcasting panel, so you want to be a podcaster. And this will be at uh, uh, 10.30 a.m. on Saturday morning. Um, and on Sunday afternoon at 1.30 p.m., I will be presenting a new intermediate podcasting panel called So You're a Podcaster, Now What? Um, and if the internet is stable enough, I will attempt to stream them live on Twitch. Otherwise, we will be recording them and posting them as special podcast episodes that weekend. So make sure to look forward to that. And if you're going to be at Detour that weekend, uh, make sure to look for the flyers and check the programming notes for the locations. Um, and then we will be resuming our regular podcasting schedule on April 18th. So we will be coming back after a, a two-week break, basically, for these two yahoos. But uh, I will be working my ass off, so... Yeah, we kind of figured it out for, like, peek behind the curtain. Like, we kind of figured out, like, how do we do this schedule? And it's like, we don't. Like, yeah. that was just, that was the end solution, is that we just don't. Yeah, it would have been way too hard to reschedule, especially for that weekend, since I'll be gone Thursday through Sunday. And it, oh, trying Sunday. to change the week would just throw everything into chaos for the rest of the yeah. year. I mean, we... we for your... Uh, on call days yeah. and whatnot. Well, and I think Sayers was the next week was bad for him anyway. So, yeah. So uh, it turns out that I, I don't know who I managed to convince, but uh, the work is happy to send me to Gen Con and pick up most of the tab. Gotta love that. <laughs> How the crap did you pull that off? They have some educator days. I found the program from last year. There were like five or six programs that specifically talked about, or seminars that talked about like game programs at libraries and things like that. Just, I mean, we we got like the 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 pieces in order of like how it was going to work, but the fact that it actually worked, I think, is it's, awesome. that's awesome. I mean, I also have to, like, prepare a presentation for the other librarians, which means I'm going to have to talk to people about games. Oh, damn. 
Oh, yeah, I'm so sad I, that that's against your wheelhouse. Oh, and you're not going to you know what to do. Poor thing, Sarah. I'm kind of worried. Force a time limit with like fists or something. I think you'll survive. <laughs> but yeah, moving weeks would have been a little bit complicated for that. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna t give everybody a little bit of a break, and then we'll be coming back strong on the 18th. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into some game and community news because there is a lot of it. There's like a crazy amount of stuff that happened this week. Yeah, um, starting with some Final Fantasy VII news. Uh, they announced that the game has gone gold, which means there's going to be no more major changes to it. And uh, they are ready to press um, for the final release on April 10th. So no more delays, guys. That's I feel relieved and excited that that is where we're at. Right. So happy to hear that we're about ready to get it, especially since the demo was live on PSN now. They like didn't announce that. It was just no. like surprise on Monday. There's stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. How awesome was that, though? I got cool. I got texted by one of my friends from KupoCon. It was just like, hey, so John just told us about this on the plane to London. Wow. And we were like, what? <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, by the way, this demo's out. It's like three in the morning. I'm still awake. I was like, I guess this is what I'm doing today. Yeah. And yeah, and happened to talking about the about uh, the people from the the Kupocon, which uh, you went to the uh, the release party in uh, in Vancouver. In Vancouver, yeah. So the plan was that we were going to have these release parties over the course of a weekend, and then the game was going to come out, and then it was going to be awesome. Well, the game got delayed, and we were like, "Well, shoot, we've already paid for the deposits. We already have three venues. People are traveling. We've already got guests booked." I guess we're doing this anyway, because what's the point? Like, we're not going to get any money back by canceling, and everybody wants to go, so screw it. And then PAX East was like, hey, Square Enix has a booth. And Square Enix goes, hey, Voice of Barrett, guess what you're doing this weekend? And he goes, I'm supposed to be at these three events with KuboCon. And they're like, you're also on contract with us. What do we do? So John went from Vancouver to Boston to Toronto for six hours for the party, then went back to Boston to do the second day of PAX East and then went to London. Wow. What a trooper. It, he's a beast. Uh, but yeah, we had a lot of fun. We talked about our memories of Final Fantasy VII, uh, kind of talked about things we were looking forward to, things we, we want to see, moments we want to see. Uh, there was some wonderful discourse about uh, classic menu-based uh, turn-based game, Versus the active combat that we've seen sort of evolve over the last couple of uh, modern generation Final Fantasies as well. And it's been, it was an interesting night to talk to 200 people about, hey, how did you feel about the combat in 15? Do you want to see that improved? Yes or no. And it was, it was a very cool night. Oh, so it looks like they also announced uh, some KupoCon oh, news. They did. So there was... They said that they weren't coming back to Vancouver, so all of us West Coast people, unfortunate, we don't get to go anymore. Boo. Uh, this wonderful, well, sort of, actually. Uh, this girl comes up during the, like, the Q&A session and gets the mic, and she, I kid you not, says, today is my birthday, and it is my birthday wish for KupoCon to come back to Vancouver. Of course, the room just erupts in cheers, and the person running it, Alex Main, says... 
Okay. To my wife, to my business partner, and to my assistant, I am so sorry. Oh, no. And he, vi- and he said that they are going to come back in 2021. Aww. So, Sarah, you want to come to KupoCon with me? Eh, I mean, Vancouver is closer than it could have been. Toronto, London, Melbourne. Oof. Yeah, like, Vancouver is, like, practically on this coast. I just need a passport. No, or an enhanced ID. Oh, uh, if it's if you mean like a real ID, I did get one of those. No, and you need one Enhanced step above ID. that. Ugh. Yep. So yeah, that's what I did when I renewed my license. It was an extra $15, and it took a background yep. check, but I can cross uh, land borders. Yep, and you're I'll in California. So later. You, yeah, those like 10 bucks, and they're worth it if you want to go to Mexico or Canada. Yeah, and I figured, you know, if, I, if you know the shit hits the fan, I can just uh, cross the board and say, hey, I'm coming over to, to say hi to you guys. <laughs> and then maybe just won't come back just kidding have fun in Ontario <laughs> there's so many problems with this plan I think Winnipeg is closer oh it's true it would be for you <laughs> you could text uh, you could ask Bannon he lived there for four years there we he go. knows what's up right but yeah so that, that sounds like you had a pretty good time up there it was a really good time. It was a good opportunity to like see everybody and touch base and talk about seven and ask a couple questions and get some clarifying information. Now that a lot of the NDAs have gotten lifted because there's a demo and because people have now seen what the game looks like, it's like, Hey, this might not be the best choice. And they go, Oh no, that's only part of the demo. That's not actually how the game is going to function, but it had to function this way. So the demo made sense. Mm, okay, so we're not. It, it isn't an exact one for one. So let's talk no. about that. Um, so, like, like I said, the demo is live on PSN. It's about seven and a half gigs, and it's a, it basically seems like the first 40, 45 minutes of combat um, in the game. You get the beautiful uh, opening cinematic. Did such a good Which job on that. Looks insanely cool. It's also fun fact. A friend of mine actually dusted off his uh, collection. And found his PlayStation Magazine demo from like 1997, and booted up one of his classic pieces of hardware that he's kept functional, and played through that demo again as well. He says it's the same; it's the exact same level. Oh, really? Hmm. That's, that's he, I mean, actually a, pretty neat. Couple changes, obviously, uh, but just in general, that's the demo that they decided to throw down. Yeah, it's, except it's uh, turn-based and not uh, active. Right. It's the uh, <laughs> it's the PlayStation One edition. Yeah. Version one point version zero point nine of the game versus what we're about to get in a month. Yeah. Um. So, like I said, the, the first uh, forty-five minutes it basically covers the. Uh, the beginnings of the game uh, up through the first uh, Mako reactor. Now, yep, I, I, just that bombing mission. Yep. Now, one thing that that I kind of picked up out of that was the fact that they said Mako and not Mako. Yeah, that's something that um, my friends from Wizards have had to mention every time they try to explain Magic the Gathering to anybody in an Asian country is that it's like, no, we say mana, not mana. And I mean, have I to, you have to explain, like, well, vowels are pronounced three or four mm. different ways in English, mm-hmm. whereas in a lot of countries and a lot of languages, vowels are only pronounced one way. So looking at the hiragana for it, it's like, yeah, it would be mako. But Lali here Lali in English, Lali. yeah, here in English, we're like, yeah, whatever. 
Nothing yeah. sacred. We no. can pronounce this well, however we want. Well, I mean, like I said, when we were growing up, we didn't have the voice acting in that. So, it, you know, nope. the, the th closest thing we had to reference to that was they had a Mako shark. Yeah. Mako shark. Do, 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 do. Stop. You're, you're fired. No. <laughs> God. Out of a cannon. Children's librarian. Into I... the sun. I mean, if it would get the songs out of my head, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, um,. So yeah, we had that. So I always thought it was Mako. Anyway, I always thought Mako. So many different pronunciations of vowel. And yeah, it's, this is the reason why. And God help me for using this as a reference point for literally anything. Uh, there's a reason why in one of the Harry Potter books, Hermione has to explain how to pronounce her name to a new character because we're reading it. We have no idea. So they put it in the book, so it's like phonetically as she's explaining it to this new person that didn't know how to say her name. So now us as readers learned how to say her name. We're oh. in the same boat where we don't know how this is supposed to be pronounced technically, but now we have voice acting, so we have something definitive to work off of. Yep. And they can just work in a thing where it's like, oh, hey, we'll just say the word, and now you all know. Yep. I, I suppose it's almost kind of like Rama, Ramu, kind of thing. Uh, Ramu, Titus, uh, Zidon. Like, Wait, it's Zidane? Is I thought it was Zidane. It's Zidane. It's actually a French word. It's a whole thing. Huh. It's Zidane and Titus. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> right? <laughs> Sorry. Titus Shut and up. Chronicus? Oh, okay. We're going to go <laughs> deep into this bullshit. No, no remember, according to Chili, it's Meg Ryan. <laughs> Are they going to be doing the cheesecake scene? I'll have I... what she's having. Do we... Yeah. <laughs> and I and I said just as Nick Nar was typing it out in the chat, which is the funniest part. Time of death six fifty three p.m. Phoenix down radio. Oh come on, we died a long time ago. We just didn't realize <laughs> it. Are we undead? Yes. Don't think about it too hard. All right, oh, continuing on. So um, there were three different game difficulty modes. Um, there's normal. Which is going to be, you know, the, what probably most people will play. Easy if you just want to go through it and enjoy the storyline. And there is also a classic mode. Um, normal and easy, both are going to be real-time um, battles. Very similar to Final Fantasy XV, but they did some nice improvements on the system. It felt a little bit less jank. Oh, it's so much better than XV's was. Yeah. So much better. I mean, I, when you got used to the system in 15, it wasn't terrible, um, but the camera controls were a little bit nicer. Also, I liked it, the fact at the beginning that they let you choose what type of camera settings you wanted. Exactly. And I've always liked that, especially when they can put it into the game in a way that makes sense. Yeah. Normally, you have to dig through the menu system to try and find it, but they're like, how do you want your camera controls? Do you want regular le up and down, left, right? Do you want inverted one and not the other? You know, there were like four different choices, so I of course have to go inverted uh, X and Y. Yeah, I do too. But like the original, like OG Halo on the first Xbox, as soon as the, you boot up and you get your HUD and everything starts turning on, they're like, "Hey, you know, try moving your, try looking at this thing," and you look at it and they go, "Cool, did that make sense to you? Did that work? I can also try it this way." And then they switch it and you do the same actions again. What do you think this is? An Xbox fits. podcast? Oh God! No, <laughs> no, no! But rest no. in pieces. Rest in pieces, Xbox. 
No, no, I understand what you're trying to get at, though. It is nice when when um, game designers actually take the uh, the the thoughts of and feelings of what their the players want. You know, they want and to be able to make those choices like right away and not have to, be, to suffer through an hour of tutorial b before they can actually get in and change it. And not like crash or run into a wall or miss a headshot. 35 dozen times before you figure out how to change yeah. it. That's also awful. Yep. I mean, I I will be honest. I played the game in easy just because I wanted to see what it was like and slowly acclimate myself to the game style versus, you know, have it kick my ass too much. But I'll probably Makes end up sense. playing the regular game mostly on normal to see what it's like. Um, but I one thing I didn't play through and I may try later, actually playing the classic mode. Did I actually didn't know about I didn't know about the menu thing until um, earlier today. So I definitely want to because I want to try the menu base. But yeah, I was. Yeah, I like, done it yet. Go ahead. I did it last night, so I just did the normal mode, which felt like a couple times like, especially when I was playing as Barrett, I was like, okay, am I targeting the right thing? I was worried that I'd have to put a bit more effort into targeting the uh, gun turrets and the like. And I was, it does. So there are a couple points where I just was confused about how it was working, but I'm sure with a little bit of time it would be fine. The lock-on system is actually pretty nice. Yeah. I mean, you, you click on... I think on I just had trouble sw switching between targets a few times, okay. and so I was working on stuff that Cloud would have been able to handle when I wanted to try to get the faraway stuff. Yeah, that's one thing that's going to take some time for me to get used to, is switching back and forth between your uh, your, your party mates. Um, mm -hmm. You can do that either with the up-down on your, um, your, your directional pad, I think left right also works to do that. Left right, yeah. I use left right. So basically, your your D pad is just for changing your characters at this point. Everything else until is you're fine. actually in a menu. Yeah. But... I, yeah, it never felt overwhelming. Was the thing? There are some points where I was like, okay, I was like, I want to get to this thing, but I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, everything's happening. How do I do this? You know, I wonder if they tested out this system on fifteen. Because it, it seems like, you know, that's about the time when they were probably ready to work on this aspect of it when they actually added it into, uh, patched it into 15. Remember that about, about a year, year and a half ago? Yeah, I will say, I remember when 15, I remember when the 15 Platinum demo came out and I played it and the controls were so bad. They were. I actually canceled my pre-order for the game. Though, I see, was that frustrated. This feels like they learned from that and like 15 they learned from it and made adjustments too but this feels like they learned from what we did in all the menuing of 13 what we did in building our characters control schemes like we did in 12 what we did for all of 15 and the multiplayer aspects of 15 now we're getting another game that's continuing to build on what they've learned mm -hmm. it feels so much smoother like I said, it, it's not perfect, but and maybe it's just how I'm interacting with it. But I'm hoping that, and we also have to remember that this is not the exact um, bits that we're going to get on April 10th. It's going to be a little bit different, a little bit more polished, and there's going to be a day one patch. We know this. Oh, for sure. Also, this version of this demo, guaranteed, was signed, sealed, and done in like October. Oh, probably. So like they've got they've changed some or, stuff for sure. Yeah. Well, like I said, this is a different demo than what they brought with to the game shows. The game shows had also Chapter 2, some Chapter 7, I believe I read. Um, There's a lot more available to the uh, the game media than what we got on the uh, 
um, PlayStation Store this earlier this week. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't follow it that closely. I just I got the text that was like, "Hey, guess what you're buying today?" Or guess what you're downloading? And I was like, "Okay." No, I was just reading and up on it because I wanted to see it. what a few other um, game outlets thought of the demos. Because I listened, um, I listened to uh, Podcast Beyond, which is IGN's PlayStation podcast, and they talked mm-hmm. all about it this week and they gave their opinions on what they thought of everything was going. Um, I just was reading up on a few others, and I was reading, you know, one person who was writing their information, and they said it was different from what they saw um, at E3 or at uh, Gamescom or any of the other locations like that. Or TG. Uh, was there a demo available at TGS? I think so. And, and even okay. the, it might even have been a different demo than what they had at PAX, you know, just, you know, this last weekend. True. Because, like, TGS is in September. And PAX Prime is in September, but PAX East was, yeah, like last week. So who knows? But um, like I said, classic style, getting back to that, that is supposed to be an homage to the original ATB style, uh, which actually pauses time. Well, slows it way down. I like that more. And then uh, lets you input your actions and it allows you to be more tactical with your decisions. Um and you can change what uh, gameplay style you want at any time throughout the game. So if you Which are having trouble be- with a boss, you can switch it to easy mode, or you can go all the way back to classic and uh, go that route. And if you want a little more of a challenge as you're grinding, leveling up, there you go. Just jump back to normal. I think I'm going to do something basically along those lines where it's like normal, the grind, where I want to smash, smash square and crush things, and then boss fights. Maybe I want to be in control of my items and spells. Yep, so go back to classic. Exactly. Yeah, I was trying to be a little more defensive because I know I have a tendency to like charge ahead and mash attack it. It felt like, especially uh, in the not operator mode, what's the other one? Uh, t- uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The, the, yeah, it, the, 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 the mode though. switch, yeah. Yeah, uh, the mode switch, having tactical? one where uh, you... The, no. uh, the one with the stronger attacks, because mm-hmm. I had noticed that it would said, like, if you're blocking hits, you'll actually uh, automatically counter them. So it's like, okay, maybe I want to try to be a little more defensive on some of these things. But yeah, I liked that we, we got to play as two different characters. We got started with Cloud, of course, and then Barrett joins in about halfway through. And that allows us to kind of do, uh, see how this game switching goes back and forth. And uh, yeah. each one of them has two different modes uh, that you can switch to between. Right. Which is really nice. So, uh, out of curiosity, I found I know like because there's various items you can pick up throughout. Are the Moogle medals just something that they didn't bother to take out, or is there an actual use for the demo? In the demo, there's no use for them. There's no okay. use for any of that, really. Well, I mean, the potions were useful. I didn't use one item. Oh no, I definitely was chugging potions. My defense potions and others, yeah. I did potions and ethers a lot. Like I said, I was on yeah. easy mode, so. Oh, oh okay. I was on normal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, 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 let's like I said, go ahead and mock him for a bit. Go ahead. No, it's fine. It's I wanted fine. to experience it on stream so people could see what was going on so we can get back into Music Monday. That, yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I just wanted to try speed running it for the very first time with no information about what was going on. Seems okay. <laughs> um, now, uh, overall thoughts. Um. What do you guys think? Um, what, what did you think when you got to play it? Eight out of ten. Like, there's definitely some room for improvement. I'm hoping that this is not a definitive version of some of the mechanics. 
Uh, but it's very good and it's very playable and they're definitely delivering on what they've said they were going to deliver on. I always felt like, okay, like when I played the original, it's like, okay, we're going through this reactor, but really it just kind of feels like a dungeon-y set piece type thing. Like this, the gritty, gross industrial location. Mm -hmm. It really conveyed the feeling of like industrial power plant in a way that I liked a lot better. Yep. As opposed to just, oh, this is what the dungeon looks like. Now we're going down the staircase. Now oh, we're, we're using brown tiles for this one. It must be the earth cave. Oh, we're using red tiles for this one. It must be the volcano. Yeah, th this felt like a, okay, here, it felt like an actual, like having the, hey, here's this big open area that maybe that's the edges of it, but otherwise this is this big industrial thing. But I mean, I like that the design, I mean, you could still kind of see where you were going, but uh, you could explore it instead of just having a, a, a picture in the background that you're walking across. Yeah, that was pretty, uh, pretty bad, even for the time. Yeah. <laughs> also, having, having uh, Biggs and Jesse at the little control pals and remembering that original one where it's like, oh, talk to one of them. The thing inputted, and then they go to the next. Oh man, it brings back memories of that, but at the same time, feeling like, oh hey, she's throwing out comments about how they talk to someone on the inside. Yeah, talk, talk to the NPCs. The, the the voice acting in that is pretty good. He's being a little bit of a braggart. Like they st really started to get a bit more of their personality through. Um, and if you're a Persona Five player, uh, Jesse is the same voice actress in English, at least as Futaba. Oh. So Yep. Huh. So you're you get to keep your hacker. <laughs> so that's well, good. We'll see how it goes after the uh, second. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did either of you guys miss the addition of a jump button? Not really. Eh. I wanted a jump button so bad. Eh. Eh. I mean. Eh. They, they, they put it in by, if you go to a certain location, you will automatically jump across or crawl under, but I would have liked to have that action button available. To decide if you want to enter the flag of, I want to crawl under this, or I want to jump across this yeah. boundary. Um, I mean, just as a, a 14 player, when we finally got the jump ability, you know, not, and not as a Dragoon, but actually being able to jump on our characters... I like jumping. Yeah. I want There's to a jump. little bit more free exploration in something like that. Like, I always found it... Hang on. There we go. I always found it interesting that people complained about FF13 being like, oh, you're just running down a long... It's like, that's effectively true of so many games. They just didn't bother to disguise it. Which I think was a purposeful stylistic choice. But mm -hmm. It's like, you are frequently... like. JRPGs as compared to Western RPGs, it's often a there's a set thing to this. We are following along this thing so that a specific story can play out. Did somebody order Domino's? Uh, not on my end. <laughs> yeah, I heard that too. <laughs> it must have been Talos because he's gone quite silent. Anyway, um, the other thing that you know, as we're talking about you know being able to switch back and forth between characters, uh, the one thing that I've heard other game reviewers talk about when you're playing a certain as one character the other characters don't have the greatest ai at least not in the demo did you notice yeah. that at all 
Uh, I noticed a couple times I switched to Barrett to handle things. I was like, hey, Cloud, handle... Cloud's not handling this bit. No, uh, he... Cloud okay. and Barrett are idiots if you're not controlling them. Yeah. yeah. Well, at least in the demos. Um, yeah, one oh, thing sure. I heard somebody bring up, and I actually agree with this, it would be really cool if they were to bring in some sort of version of Gambits. Yes. Oh, my God. 12 was amazing. We yes. had line-by-line -line programmable AI in 2003. I, it was amazing. Yeah. I don't know that I want to go quite to that level. Just like a general, oh, hey, focus on this type of thing, or, hey, provide support. Man. Like, I yeah, don't I mean, really if, want if to ride a line-by-line. If I can make, line. make sure that Aerith is, is, you know, her AI is healer, and that uh, Barret's no, AI is I want her going ranged. ham with her staff all the time. And you want Tifa to do the healing with potions? Sure. Perfect. Sure. You got it in one. That's exactly yeah. how we play. Actually, no, I want Cloud to be doing the healing with potions. Uh, I feel like he's got this d hidden desire to be a doctor. I just, I don't know sometimes, Sarah. I will get it up. I will get out the cannon stamp if I have to. <laughs> I need a cannon stamp. I need a cannon. To shoot you out of. Into the sun? <laughs> Yes. You, you got it in one, as Talon says. I mean, it's not like I have a huge body of evidence to compare against and extrapolate from. Fair enough. Wait, hold on. Klaus, he's figured out how to extrapolate information. Oh, God damn it. You're screwed, man. I'm not helping you on this. Oh, no. You can't <laughs> see how deep my head is buried into my hands right now. We're not doing it. I can hear it. We're not doing yeah. it. We're moving on. Um, the last bit I right. want to talk about here. Did you guys know that there was a, little, a bit of a secret in there? Depending on which uh, um, a, a time limit you chose? No. I picked 20 minutes. <laughs> so I didn't I notice. I picked 20 minutes because he told me to. Yeah. I, 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 if you pick 20 minutes, you get an extra little scene at, uh, as it's playing through the very end. You you get basically get to see Sephiroth. That's the the extra uh, secret. Okay. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I saw that, but I didn't realize that was a bonus thing. That was a bonus. If you pick thirty minutes, you don't get to see that. Huh. Well, considering it takes like four minutes to do, there's really exactly. no reason. I mean, yeah, I had yeah. I had like seventeen minutes left. Yeah, so. it was ridiculous. But the, uh, I guess so again, I was uneasy. Are we talking about the content of it? Because there was like one thing that did seem significantly changed in terms of the storyline stuff that I'm not 100% sure. sure. So, uh, at the end of the th thing, we sh it shows the time ticking down. The bomb goes off. Mm -hmm. And it's a little bit of a smaller blast. Oh, it damages yes. That is yes, a it damages major the reactor, change. But yeah, it damages the reactor, but that's about it. Uh, one thing, other thing to note, throughout you've had... Uh, the Shinra executives, Heidegger and uh, President Shinra, have been monitoring this entire situation. They know that Avalanche is there, and they're discussing it throughout. And it paints, in the original, it paints a lot more of a picture of Shinra, like, knowing about what's going on, being in control of the situation. So, Which yeah. I thought was a really good addition. Oh, I really yeah. liked the fact that we now know they've known the whole time and like it was sort of implied, but now it's like, no, no, no. They're watching us do this. Right. They're, they're letting, letting it happen. It. Mm -hmm. uh, and in fact, that bomb goes off, damages the reactor a bit, but it's like a relatively small explosion. Honestly, I wasn't expecting it. It was it. like a firecracker going off on top of a log. Right. It just at which point, at which point uh, the executives choose to activate some unknown thing, 
several turrets move into the room and start shooting up the place massively and causing that big reactor explosion, the massive detonation that we've seen. Which I'm not 100% sure. I like the complicating element of, okay, Shinra is perhaps, uh, like, do what they need to do to paint this picture thing, to create this opposition group, uh, to create something that they can uh, use the publicity for and manipulate. Mm-hmm. But if it becomes something where it's like, if it also becomes something where it's like, a, oh, hey, the avalanche was planning for it to be this small explosion, and like all these people died and all this bad stuff happened just because Shinra, like it kind of makes it uncomplicated in a way that I'm not sure I like as much. Like I like, I feel like it's more interesting. No, they actually are trying to be eco-terrorists and like recognizing that some of this is going to hurt people and they're going to die. And maybe like it was a dud and they didn't mean for, they did want the big explosion, but then it was a dud. And so Shinra helps it along that I'd be more okay with than just a, Oh no, they're unabashedly the good guy. Yeah, it's more yeah. fun to play as a bad guy. I mean, the, well, there's not necessarily, like, uh, reference that one tweet that moved earlier, except the guy deleted it, about uh, Shadowbringers and the whole thing of, like, maybe there's not a clear bad guy or, like, motivations being complicated. And then how people tend to interpret that. But Shinra is clear, like, the Shinra Corporation, clearly bad guys in as much as there are any. But I'm not sure that I like the, oh, and Avalanche is the heroic, totally good eco-terrorist group. Like, if it, was not- something where, if it was something where the bomb was uh, done and they had intended for it to blow up big, and then Shinra is like, here, let us help you with that. Also, that why, are they helping, why are they helping destroy their own project? Because it's they're just- trying to get people, you know, to see that these guys are being uh, bad. This was t- this was touched on a bit in uh, Seven as uh, the original Seven as well. That Shinra uh, saw Midgar as kind of like a stepping stone. That they had bigger plans. That the, the entire reason they wanted to get Eris the la- Eris the Last Ancient was to find this promised land overflowing with Meko. So they kind of saw Midgar as expendable in pursuit of this larger project. Yeah, but all, all of the reactors also... were kind of tests for, um, I mean, for the giant cannon. For... See also why they were willing to drop an entire sector. Yeah. It just feels like, I mean, we know the story of Seven. Well, most of the people that have played have know the story of Seven. And it just, if you don't know, you're watching this and going, this is the most complicated insurance fraud I have ever seen. <laughs> Well, there has to be an easier way to do any of this. And then it's like, oh, no, you're just trying to kill the planet. But you, okay, know, it, you know, it wouldn't be as much fun to play if it were a simple way to do insurance fraud, though. It's true. It's true. All right. Anything else you guys want to talk about on this? And I, I, I knew we were going to kind of get in, into it, and I'm, I'm glad we did. So pre-order yeah, the game, people, please. There was a little bit more like hinting about things like about the nature of the maker reactors and like this thing like talking about how that stuff goes all the way down to the center of the planet. And if you fell in there and it, there are a little bit more of those side musings that kind of get it from the beginning that, Hey, there's complicated stuff going on there. Like there's a little bit more hint dropping as to that, which I felt was kind of nice. And that's like, Hey, actually drawing it in instead of just being, well, we haven't talked about higher disc, but Oh, Hey, here's this fundamental concept of the world. Now. Yep, the planet insides are squishy. 
And then we're supposed to go, oh, okay, what do you mean I'm switching to disc two? Where's my healer? Do what the shit? <laughs> it's very, do very do strange. Do. All right, and then moving on. There are actually three different PS4 themes available that are Final Fantasy VII uh, related. Uh, the first one, if you actually download and play the demo, uh, you will get a free theme, um, I believe, right around the time that the game releases, um, featuring Cloud on the Hardy Daytona, Barrett, Tifa, Aerith, and Red 13. So if you haven't. That sounds like it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's a, I love that art. It's a really cool looking art piece. Um, it's it's a, a standard static uh, theme so it's just a picture but um, if you like Butterfingers or Crunch Bars or Baby Ruth um, if you buy two of those candy bars and upload your receipt to a, a website um, ButterfingerFF7Remake.com or something like that I'll have to find it here in a second uh, you will get a Tifa on the Water Tower and Nibelhelm dynamic theme and if you are um, in our Discord and you go to the uh, pictures uh, room, I posted a, a picture of it that I just got mine today. And it's actually really cool. The, the way it interacts with everything in your cross hotbar, it is so nice. Dynamic so, themes are always cool like that. Yes. I'm looking forward to that. I also can't have Baby Ruth or Butterfinger because they both have peanuts, so that okay. might be a problem. Well, Crunch Bar is just chocolate and uh, Krispies. Okay. Well, that's going to be my option then. Yep. And yeah, it is, it's um, ButterfingerFF7R.com is the website you would use to redeem or, or upload your receipt to. And apparently you have to buy um, your 10 different uh, um, candy bars and in five different transactions. Wait, why? Um, because, because you want separate receipts. Well, okay. So the first two candy bars will get you the Tifa theme and something else. There's I mean, more the big, DLC available. Yeah, the big thing is it appears to be like a one code per receipt ish kind of thing or something yeah. like that. Gotcha. I mean, I tried. And I so did a bunch it, of research on that, and initially it seemed like you didn't need to. You, we could buy them all at once, but you have to um, um, upload them differently. So. It, it, it's it, probably it, easier to just do separate transactions. Yeah. And it, Self checkout is your friend, I think. Exactly. Just buy two, put that receipt aside, buy two more. I would recommend paying either in cash or with a different a couple different cards because otherwise you might uh, get uh, flagged for uh, our, it, abuse of the system or whatever. Yeah, or like I said, your bank might uh, stop the transaction because it thinks it's uh, happening multiple times. I feel like that's somewhat unlikely for a thing at a supermarket. But yeah, maybe. but if you have five transactions of two dollars and eighteen cents for go through the, for the exact same period. items, yeah. yeah, buy one, grab twenty bucks in cash bag, solve your problem that way. There you Boom. go, that works. That'll work too. Um, but yeah, apparently it it takes three to five days for it to go through. So I I would say Nick Nar will probably have his in a day or two because I think he bought uh, bought like a day after I did. I bought on Thursday. So yeah, um, it's really nice. You also have where'd my notes go? There's also going to be one it where which is a Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy XIV um, combined theme 
where if you pre-order Final Fantasy VII on the PSN store and have Shadowbringers registered to your PS4 account, you will have access to this Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy XIV custom theme. So, are we getting a crossover? Uh, well, yeah. Well, of course we're going to. I was going to say, they, we've had Lightning. We've have they had announced knots. anything official? We've had no. Shantoto. But will <laughs> they? I, I can almost guarantee there is going to be something in fourteen. Um, from seven over the summer, probably. Yeah. I would, or it might actually be next year. I mean, right now, the only thing we have yeah. is the bike and the minions from FanFest. But if they do it over the summer, cause like next year we are going to have ideally an expansion. So I mean, a lot of their marketing is going to be leaning to that this year. Not so much. This year might be a good time. We'll Technically, see. There's also the, uh, cloud outfit. Wasn't there? Although oh, that yes, was that, the advent. Yeah. Yeah, it's from the Advent Children one. Um, but, yeah, and yes, that is in there. Though, we don't have a Buster Sword yet. Ooh. Dark Knight would have to equip that, wouldn't it? Yeah. say Dark Knight weapon, for sure. Um, you know, theoretically, we, you know, wouldn't it be cool if Machinists got a, a gun hand? I'm down. Uh, That'd be awesome. Oh, yes. Uh, uh Row is also saying the Cloud Hair exists, but that is only available to... Um, contest winners at this point. You have to win a, a Final Fantasy XIV community contest. Give it time. I think. I think that's where it comes they'll from. They'll put, just like Scarf of Wondrous Width, they'll put it on a event. You, you just want to, you're just poking the bear there, aren't you? It's a thing I do. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what Talis is wearing right now? I mean, possibly. In a costume of a whole 50 gil? Es possible. <laughs> See, that's why you go with the uh, um, the noble barding when you win a mm -hmm. contest. Uh, it's like the orthodox barding, but in different colors. Yes, oh, black okay. and red. Because we got that when we did the uh, um, the um, the heavens dub contest. Uh, oh yeah, that was, that was fun. Funny. That was fun. I'm glad you guys enjoyed that. We had fun mm -hmm. doing it. It was, it was actually my first uh, foray into actual video editing. It's hard, isn't it's, it? It's not easy. No, I mean, cool. I've gotten a little better at it now, but uh, eh, it is what it is. All right, so that's the Final Fantasy VII news, and we're only uh, 50 minutes into the show. <laughs> yeah, right? Like I said, we said we were community news. We weren't getting. Yeah, uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV news. Um, little Ladies' Day event is live, so go do that. Oh, it's pretty cute. Shoot. I haven't done that yet. It's actually, it, it reminds me a lot of the one um, Starlight event that we had. We go For back, a lot of different reasons. Yeah, we go back to the Frostry. Is that how it's pronounced? Okay. Frondale's Frontistry. Okay, so Frontistry is correct. Perfect. Um, and uh, we do some really cool things with the kids there. So I highly, highly, highly recommend you do the thing. Um, Wait, is this the orphanage in Ulda? No, yes. it, kind Ooh. of. It's uh, orphanage okay. slash um, uh, orphanage sick slash kids. sick ward. Yeah, it's for, okay. it's for sick kids. Because that's where Emmy's character on Hyperion has been in exile for the last like four years. She can escape. Maybe <laughs> she might be able to escape if it's built as jankastically as it probably is. I Sorry. hope it is. Uh, it's Frondale's ward for friendless foundlings. 
So it's the orphan children's ward of Frondale's Frontistry uh, for the orphans. Okay. Too many words. Yeah. Too but many words. It, it's wordy. Um, but no, it, it's adorable. It doesn't take terribly long. Um, I think I spent about an hour and a half on it because the second half is so cute. You actually, yeah, I'm not going to spoil it, but there are seven extra things to do. Do all of them. It, uh, up to seven. It's a little bit of a callback to the... Uh, do all seven. Yeah. Not everyone will have all seven. Oh, I, really? I suppose. I, it, so it is a callback to the uh, Starlight event in that there's options to meet with and deal with various things based on what adventures you've had. So someone who, say, for instance, hasn't completed through Heaven's Word isn't mm. going to have access to a lot of those options because you haven't actually met those people. That's true. I, I, I guess that's right. It's it's very similar to the way they ended um, 5.2. Ah. You're not going to have access to all those if you haven't actually done all of the uh, AD, level 80 um, job quests, role quests. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about for the 5.2 ending, not for this event. Yes, the fi- yeah, the, the actual uh, MSQ 5.2, I believe it was 5.2. Yeah. But yeah, um, uh, Shark Girl is asking in the chat, when will us carry Lalafell on our shoulders? When will let us punt Lalafell? That's what I want to know. No, Lalafell's for life. You know, I just want to note something after talking about all this. Like this came up recently. If you look at stuff like fate descriptions on the first. There's no talk about dwarves getting eaten. There's no talk about all the hilarious things we can do to dwarves. <laughs> See, dwar- this is just the thing that we do to Lollafell for some reason. Yeah, dwarves aren't uh, potatoes. But they're the exact No, d- d- Dwarves aren't potatoes. They, they, they drink much more. I'm going to carve a potato into a cup and drink vodka out of it. There you go. That's very meta of I- you. Don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> Just take a moment, sir. Clearly, yeah. you need one. <laughs> All right, and shoot, I knew I was going to do something else, but uh, I have to. I'm a bad host. I forgot to watch a couple of videos. Um, there is a, a six-part series that uh, Square Enix is doing um, on the uh, creation of Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers. They have currently released. Parts one and two. Um, and I hit the wrong button there. I need to hit the button there. So there's part one of of the uh, the video series, and part two is right there. Go give them a watch. There's a lot of interesting information in there as to how they came up with the story, um, the characters, you know, everything in in that. I love seeing the behind the scenes. Um, type of footage so we can kind of understand where all of these ideas came from from the developers it gives us you know that uh, nice glimpse uh, to their thought processes as opposed to just why did they do this that doesn't make sense and then we watch this stuff we go okay there's a process of how we got here it makes more sense now so even if we disagree or dislike the choice we have a reason as to why Mm -hmm. and in Shadowbringers there's definitely some haters, as there always are. There's definitely some issues that we've raised eyebrows at, but it's a really, really good expansion, and it's a really good world. Yeah, those haters that are out there for for Shadowbringers, we call those people wrong. 
Yeah. <laughs> just straight up. But um, no, I, I realistically, I, I love how open Square Enix is now, you know, compared to the 11 days. We got nothing oh like this. Nothing. We had, well, that's part of why 11 was an amazing game and I loved playing it, but mm-hmm. it just definitely doesn't have the lasting power that 14 does. And it's, I think it's a lot more in-depth world as well. They, 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 they saw people really enjoyed the stories that they were getting, and I think they applied you know, their storytelling power to 14. I mean, we were having this discussion earlier today, Sarah and I. It's realistically, I think it was that, or somebody was, we were having this discussion. It might have been Yalta at, at, uh, um, at uh, um, Victoria Borough this afternoon, where, yeah, that's what it was. Final Fantasy 14, first and foremost, is a single-player RPG. That has MMO elements. Huh. Yeah. I could see that. Because, I mean, you play through the majority of the MSQ by yourself. They, they have occasionally now... teaming up with people for a dungeon, but yeah. And they have now given us the trust system to get through the dungeons. At least for, for Shadow, well, Shadowbringers. Sort of. And, like, I, we it... can get through the dungeon once. It uh it does feel a little uh I did get all my trust to AD a couple days ago so hurry for that uh but it does seem like if you want to play it as a single player RPG like if you don't you have a lot of options on that if you uh want to engage further then there's a lot of multiplayer type stuff but it is definitely a it is less required here you can do it like it's MMO possible or like enabled but not required. I mean, it was a lot more MMO required at the beginning. Yeah. There were a lot of things that required multiple people. I mean, a lot of the quest lines and things like that were kind of tied behind some multiplayer um, content. Like, well, the initial dungeons, you needed four people. Um, Some of the things require uh, fates, which a lot of times required multiple people to to complete. I don't think they even had duty roulettes at that point, did they? Um... Like, I know duty roulettes were relatively early on, but were they at the beginning? Uh, I don't recall, to be 100% honest with you. Maybe we got them in, in like, five, four point, 2.1, 2.2. I mean, that was so long ago. It's hard to remember, like, hey, remember 1.0? Well, yeah, it was jank and it didn't work. Do you remember 2.3? And we're like, oh, God, what? <laughs> like, we huh? have no idea what 2.3 looked no, like. No, I mean, because everything was just game. progressing so smoothly. Oh. Yep, patch 2.1 was where they added duty roulette. I suppose once they started actually adding in um, more dungeons, they added in, they they split the dungeons up to where we got our our level 50 roulette or expert roulette, I think they called it at the time then. Um, And then Mm -hmm. we had, um, we had a leveling roulette and yeah. But yeah, it was, it was a really nice uh, um, addition to the game and now we kind of take it for granted, but uh, we just sort of assume that it's there. I'm mean, really glad to... it is. So Right. Then we go try to play other games and we're like, wait, what do you mean there's no duty roulette? What do you mean there's no duty finder? What do you mean they're not going to pick up three random players when we finish this? Like, nope. You got to figure it out on your own. True. True. Party. Can I have it? Party. <laughs> do you need it? Party. Can I have it? Party. Oh, do you need it? Uh, uh, le- shouting for leveling <laughs> parties in the dunes. How many times did I fucking get to Boyata Tree and then they were like, yeah, we just disbanded. Yeah. Ugh. 
And it was not an easy task to get to some of those locations. There was no fast travel. Well, I mean, no. the closest thing you could do, I mean, you could maybe do an outpost warp. But then you better have your silent oil. Yep, and your deodorants or your prison powders or, yeah, all that fun stuff. <laughs> every time you every time you have an unfortunate memory of Eleven, take a shot. Gobby trained to sell Bino! No, stop it! <laughs> uh, well, it looks like Crawler's Nest is going to be inaccessible. Yep. A Beastmaster came! They're our hero! But don't let them in your party. Uh... I have hours of this. I know you do. Speaking of hours, who wants to do Dynamis? Okay. Moving on. <laughs> I'm not traumatized. <laughs> Shut up. Okay, so in some other Final Fantasy news. I saw that uh, the Final Fantasy 3 remake for Steam, Android, and iOS, which is basically the DS port, uh, it received an update yeah. recently, but it broke the in-game text. Huh. <laughs> that, uh, they, what, like, how did it break it? Do we have screen caps? Uh, what yes, was the update uh, even about? Okay, basically what it did is it added auto-battle. Uh, some UI and controller support was improved, and it supports 21 by 9 aspect ratios. Okay, that's neat, I guess. But what it okay. did was uh, the text in a lot of areas now overflows the text box. And As somebody whose entire job it was to, was to prevent that in an Animal Crossing title, I'm very irritated that they couldn't double-check that before they sent it out. But it's, it's actually pretty hilarious. Um, apparently, Square Enix is looking into this, so please look forward to it. Shut <laughs> up. <sighs> but yeah, I, I thank Nova Crisalis for this bit of uh, fun information. Uh, if you go to the uh, link that I provided in the chat, you will see uh, some screenshots of said broken text boxes. Oh, Lord in heaven. <laughs> Am I right? Oh my god. Guys, come on. <sighs> okay. And it's actually, there's not just one or two, there's quite a few. And oh. I'm actually playing a Warrior of Light um, title deck right now in FFTCG, so now I'm just looking at Refia and I'm just like, do better. It's like, I know how capable these little kids are. Why can't they speak inside of the box like they're supposed to? <laughs> <laughs> their their speech is so great it floods the text box. No, it's not great. You've met Ark, right? Ark is not great. <laughs> Be nice to Ark. He needs help. No. Come on, Lunith is, is the best. Lunith is well, Lunith is definitely the best, but Ingus well, is definitely helpful. Well, why do you think I got a tattoo of Lunith? Ark is soft, gentle boy, and he needs hugs. Uh, Lunith will kick his ass. Moving on. That's yes. the problem! He's not yes. here for ass-kicking. He's here to be sweet. Uh, and then the last bit of... of I'm uh, here to kick ass news. and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of ass. Oh, my. I, I, I mean... Uh, anyway. Oh, my. Adults. I need an adult. I am an adult. I need a better adult. So, NHK... Uh, recently uh, asked a bunch of uh, people over in Japan about some of their t um, favorite things within Final Fantasy. And they com recently compiled a number of top 10 Final Fantasy lists. Again, thank you to Nova Chrysalis for this information. We'll link that in the, uh, the 
uh, show chat, and it will be also be in the show notes for those of you listening on the podcast. So, um, for the series, uh, number 10, uh, Final Fantasy 15. Uh, the ninth favorite was Final Fantasy 11, followed by Final Fantasy 4, Final Fantasy 8, Final Fantasy 5. Bringing up fifth place was uh, our boy, Final Fantasy 14. Fourth place. Five. Oh, sorry, keep going. Fourth place is Final Fantasy Nine. Third place, Final Fantasy Six. Second place, Final Fantasy Seven. And in first place, Final Fantasy Ten. I'm actually not as surprised about that as I thought I might be. I'm not surprised by it. It's a top 10 list. They're very subjective. Yeah. Um, and well, that's NHK it. as well. So, which is so basically it's, it's, Japanese uh, um, public, uh, yeah, public television. Yeah. Uh, and they'll also just show up to your house and tell you that you owe them for watching their network. And you'd be like, I don't own a TV. And they'll be like, okay, you owe us, you owe us for watching our network. It's weird. If wow, you live in Japan. Japan. I'm glad that's if not you live a thing in Japan, here in the U.S. Yeah, if you live in Japan, don't answer the door for the NHK guy. and Don't bother to say, oh, I don't speak Japanese. I only know English. They'll just bring an English translator the next day. Wow. I'm dead serious. It's nuts. Anyway. I'm um, legit impressed. Yeah. But so for this list of 10, like, we see kind of the heavy hitters, right? We see 15, modern, new. A lot of people know about it. Mm-hmm. 7 and 10, not surprised. We I see am surprised to see uh, uh, 10 at the top, though. I'm shocked at that, but I feel like if you're going to pick a top top five, you're going to see seven and ten in there. Yeah, I, if you I pick a see... top three, you're going to see them in there. So, yeah, sure, they can be top two. Well, here's the reason why I'm really surprised that Final Fantasy X is number one. <laughs> oh, my God. That thing wasn't even that bad. It's, it was worse in Japanese. It was bad. Huh. It was but I mean, the bad. entire point was that it was supposed to be awkward and weird. It was successful at doing that. <sighs> but if we look, we lost one, two, and three. So we lost all of the NES titles. Yeah. We kept four, five, and six. That's cool. We kept seven, eight, and nine. We have 10 and 11. So our missing one is also 12 and 13. 13, I understand. 12, I'm a little shocked by. I figured 12, 12 would have taken a 15 spot. Well, I. Go who exactly it. is the audience for this is it like people who have been playing a lot of them people who may maybe played one or two and it's like oh yeah i have fond memories that was the one i played when i first got my uh when i first got my ps2 back in high school or whatever exactly if i talk to my friend lancetti her first title was 10 so she's like that's where i came in so she tries to explain to me final fantasy lore and i'm like everything you just said is wrong <laughs> she was like what and i'm like no here's where that started here's where that started here's mm-hmm. where that came from and here's how that showed up in two and it's like she has no idea she wasn't even alive when two came out so you need to yeah. give her a stack of discs and a ps2 and be like play these games so that's, she went that's... she went back and played the rest of them yeah. later okay. but it was definitely she came in on 10 so her entry point was very different. So if you have people that have only played a game or two or started late, yeah, yeah it depends they're not on gonna the, the age group. I mean, if it was somewhat younger, yeah, I can understand. But, um, you know, like I said, I'm uh, one who grew up and I, I played the original when it was on yeah. NES. Me I mean, that's the thing. We're kind of at a point now where people where you like have a lot of people who come to gaming as adults. 
Imagine like, somebody's I'll... first entry into the franchise, not the 90 plus others that aren't in the, the number 15. Their first entry into the franchise is like Final Fantasy 3 on Steam. Yeah. And then you're like, cool, now go play Final Fantasy 7. Excuse yeah. me, what? <laughs> like, yeah, that be... is not even the How is that even the same company? Well, That's I mean, so 7 different. was a huge change, you know, in, in the way they had addressed the Final Fantasy series. I mean, it's the first four-way into something that's somewhat modern. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But just, like, if you show somebody a job-based version of 3 and then hand them 7, which is a big change, show them 8, explain the Guardian Force junction system, and then throw them at 12's grid. And, and the no. Gambit system? Hell no. That's not going to make any sense to anybody. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, it is going to be. Uh, it's like this game is perfectly fine, but why don't you get back to some of the ones that were made by these the same people? That's, that's what like, nine's oh, for. Summer child. Yeah, <laughs> that's what nine's for. <laughs> yeah, that nine was the return, and that's why yep. it's probably one of my favorites. I think it actually is my favorite. Is nine? Yeah, it definitely hit on a lot of the nostalgia points there. Plus Vivi. Plus Vivi. Vivi It'll be in my top boy. ten for sure. Yeah. Well, Vivi's, Vivi's not actually best boy. Uh, well, sort well, of. Let's. Who is Best Boy? The next one, uh, list that they gave us was characters. How's that for a segue? There I we tried, go. I helped. <laughs> now, I'm kind of amused on that one. That even though uh, Final Fantasy X was the top game, only two of the characters from Final Fantasy X made it in, and neither right. of them was the like right. about double that made it in from seven. All right. So number ten was Zach from Crisis Core. Which is kind of seven. Nine, Tifa. Tifa deserves a spot. She's pretty damn good. Eight is Lightning. Now, Lightning is... She was very prevalent in, in Japan when, when uh, 13 was out. I mean, she even she had a freaking Louis Vuitton um, ad campaign, for crying out loud. She advertises Louis Vuitton and Noctis as a cup noodle. What the hell was going on with that company? <laughs> um, seven is uh, Titus. And it's, I, I will always say Titus or Meg Ryan. It's fine. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> six. Now, this one threw me for a loop. Emmett Selk. That was unexpected. Emmett Selk. And spoilers, how many, I was going to say spoilers. He's the only 14 character listed. How many votes do you have to get to get in top 10? Let alone sixth. Let alone a character that's only existed since July. Yeah. Well, like, that's he, insane. Technically, he existed ones, before like then could... because he, we saw him as um, uh, the, 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 the granddaddy. Solus. Solus, thank you. I was going to say Solus. But even then, like, we hadn't had that much of a chance to really do the character and get to know him. Yeah, he was the kind stuff of a, about him dick. that. No, sorry. Like I, I have a lot to say on this. The fact that Someone who we didn't know for that long compared to the others on this list. These are ones that people like grew up with, like uh, uh, had stuffed animals or figures of made all sorts of art, did all sorts of stories. Like they've had time to kind of like settle into your consciousness and be like, hey, this is a treasured part of this uh, thing in my life. Yeah. And itself. Like, yeah, we're talking a nine months. Emmett Selk made it to number six. That's amazing. He is that good a character. All right, continuing he on. Is. Number five was Zidane from Final Fantasy IX. Four, our boy Vivi. That's that's actually pretty damn good, making number Vivi four. Vivi outranks Zidane, uh, Zidane, Zidane, whatever, at that. Yeah, well, he should because he's much better. 
he's a better character, but he's also a character from the same game. He's not the protagonist-esque character. But everybody yeah, loves him more. Yeah, It's interesting to see which ones of these are like, hey, they're the protagonist. That's kind of a representative of it. Yeah, and Emmett Selk's the fucking bad guy. But he's a really interesting bad guy. Yeah. Um, number three was Aerith. Uh, two is Yuna. So Yuna beats uh, Titus, which makes Well, sense. I mean, I'm Yuna's a fucking badass. She also got her own game. Yeah. Oh, and she asked you a very important question. I, I, I don't remember that game at all. I don't, th- oh, I don't it, think that game exists. Do you remember the question she asked you? And number one... <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't remember that game like no one remembers that there was an Avatar Bender movie. There wasn't one. It was. I'm, I'm sad. And number one I know. was Cloud. Eh. All right. <laughs> I mean, Cloud, Cloud's just kind of an iconic character here. Yeah. I mean, he's hit the point of spiky-haired, big sword RPG character. Like people that don't play video games know Cloud. Yes. I mean, yeah. he is. He's Final Fantasy. I'm sorry. He is. For, for better he's or for worse, he is. Yeah, I mean, like, it's kind of interesting to look at and compare some of those things like Final Fantasy VI was number three on the list, but not a single character from there made it on there, in part because it's an ensemble cast. Like, lots of people love VI, but there is lots of different characters and things to love about it. Okay, let's keep moving on. So that's we're, kind we're, of a, we're, sorry, I could go into a lot know, of detail on I know, some of these I, I love this. I wish we could go into more depth, but this is good stuff. Um, bosses and summons. There's some interesting things in here as well, which we'll get into. Number ten, Safer Sephiroth, not and not the guy from the Crucible. So actually, instead of just like reading them off, do you mind if I just do a quick summary of stuff I noticed here? Okay. So our bosses and summons mostly lean on the thing of summon. Uh, for ones that appeared in multiple uh, games, they were kind enough to specify which one they appeared from. Uh, Final Fantasy V actually managed to get a couple on here, even though it didn't do terribly well on the rest of it. Nope. Uh, Sildra at number nine and Omega yep. in, uh, 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 in uh, for f- number five. Yeah. Sildra being kind of this character with this really uh, nice storyline, having this tie-in to uh, Ferris, being like, hey, this is a uh, summon that kind of has some story behind it, has some feelings behind it. People get that emotional attachment. And Omega becoming a series regular, uh, becoming like this iconic thing of this super boss traveling throughout all the stuff. Yeah. Final Fantasy X was also well represented here. Um, number seven was Braska's final Aeon. Um, number six was Vale 4. And then number four was Anima. All three of those yeah. are pretty um, key to the story. I mean, Veil vale 4 is the first summon that we learn. Um, Anima is probably one of the more um, iconic ones from 10. Just people remember that whole pain thing. Yeah, there's a lot of good story attached to that one as yeah, well. Yeah, and then Braska's final Aeon was one of the final bosses. And n- a, l- a, good, a good fight. Well, ter- it's not too surprising, given that this was a game whose story was explicitly about summons and yeah. summoning. Like, it was a central thing to plot. Yeah. So having the summons be a little bit more fleshed out, a little bit interesting, that's something that makes a lot of sense. Um, six was only uh, represented by Kefka at number two, but Kefka is a pretty amazing boss. Yeah, he kind of broke a lot of the rules for what people ex- uh, expect having this insane laughing clown he was really memorable had lots of uh all sorts of good lines it was something that was really new and really striking and i think for a lot of people it became a like this is something that 
just like the threat that he posed and the uh, feelings they had about him was something that was really long lasting. Now, how do you like this? Hmm. The guy who was number six in the previous category is basically number three in the Boston Summon category. Hades uh, from 14. I, yeah. Because it feel, that one felt a little bit more like, hey, here's this continuation of this theme. Like, Hades as the boss was just kind of an extension of Emmett Selk, the character. You had, like, a lot of stuff carried with it. A lot of those character aspects crammed into those mechanics and those mid-battle scenes. It was a really epic feeling. That said, I would be interested to see if they conducted this survey again five years from now, if they got a lot of the same answers. And then Seven was also well-representative, like I said, Safe except for out the 10, Bahamut Zero was number eight, and of course, the iconic Knights of the Round was number one. <laughs> if you ever want to cast Knights of the Round and you have full animations turned on, go ahead and hit the summon and then queue up an episode of your favorite podcast and listen to all of it, and then your summon will be done. And if you really want to, you know, extend your fun, make sure you got W Summon on and Mime. And quad you, magic. You, you, quad then, magic. Oh, God. <laughs> Why? And then you'll never have... I mean, you can catch up on, like, the entirety of One Piece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could. Oh, my God. But yeah. Knights <laughs> of the Round so is long. not that... Like... It's it's something where I could see it given that in Final Fantasy XIV, they had an entire boss battle that was, you're getting Knights of the Round used on you. Yes. Yeah, that was actually, I loved the way they brought that in as, as an actual uh, trial. Yeah, but just kind of, it's this thing that even, pe much like people who haven't played the series know about Cloud, people who haven't necessarily played as much of it know about the, oh, it's the one with the super long summons. Yeah. Um. I'm interested to see how they bring Knights of the Round into the remake. I mean, we won't see it till at least the second part, maybe Chapter the third. Two. But and given that summons are already a bit different as stuff that active. Yeah, I mean, are we gonna have thirteen knights um, circling us and attacking the boss for us, or what's gonna happen? I could see like a uh, one lead knight and then like calling in various ones for like tag teamish type effects maybe well, i know like i said the, the knight the, the the summons actually have a, a build-up mechanic that they they power up and then they use their hellfire or their diamond dust maybe at that point knights around will bring in multiple attacks from the other knights could be i mean it might be king arthur who, who you summon out and then uh, his knights uh he, he brings in the knights when he builds up his uh limit gauge his charge, yeah. Okay, and then the final category is music, and I'm extremely disappointed in this one. There's a few choices in here that I definitely agree with. I don't like where they are in the list, but I definitely agree with them. There's some that I'm like, how in God's name did that end up on a top 10, let alone I mean, a top like 20? Most of them are super iconic pieces, like True. the leap motifs that you hear over and over. The one that if someone starts humming a couple... Uh, uh, like a bar of it, like you know instantly. But where's Answers? Answers isn't on there. Dragon Song isn't on there. Final Fantasy, Melodies of Life, Winged Angel, I Eyes mean, on B, they're all great. Big Bridge. Sure. Aerith's theme, Flash from 13? What? what? In, no, in search on, of guys. friends for six. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for the people uh, who love six, the In Search of Friends. No, it's that uh, it's that bit of the uh, world of ruin where you're like it kind of sums up the entire six experience. Where there. is Sanctuary of Zeta? 
How many people like how many people played eleven enough to know Sanctuary? Where is Zeta? Sanctuary of Zita? Where's the Rock Tika Greatwood? La <laughs> but just oh, that being said, like obviously we're all gonna have a lot of strong opinions on these yeah. top ten. But versus there's no, there's the, no eleven songs. There's no fourteen songs. I'm a little disappointed. I, the MMOs, like the the MMOs, I don't think necessarily got played as. Or also with the MMOs, I know there's very fierce arguments about whether Soken is the greatest genius who has ever lived or deeply overrated. Like this is a thing that people have nearly blows about he i learned from an amazing person i think but whichever way you feel about it getting enough people united about it to end up on one of the top rankings on the list okay everybody like we we're we're all going to march down to the nhk headquarters and we are going to petition that they redo the music and that's the other thing if like say you say you uh, love all the various primal songs say you love all of that you've got where's oblivion You've got a lot of yeah. options to choose from is the thing. That it's might like, be part of the issues because there are, the vote. there are so many songs in 14 that are amazing that, uh, you know, we're splitting the vote. Yeah. Have, have we've all been to distant worlds or dear friends, right? Yes. I think at this point. Okay. How the hell are you supposed to pick enough tracks to keep that concert under 17 hours? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's just, there's no way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But Some they do stuff's going to get left out. They do it in two hours, and you know I remember standing outside talking to my friends, just like, I don't think we're going to hear anything from 14, and then we went back in, and Susan was there and singing Answers, and we all just about cried. I was yeah. sad we didn't get Susan at our Distant Worlds, but um, I, I've, I gotten to see, I've gotten to see Benjamin twice. I think she was at ours. Yeah, yeah, I think she did. I think she did West Coast. I don't know. There's there's a lot of people that we want to see all the time. Also, black mages. Like I'd love to see that. Oh, I've never right. have they done to. anything recently. Well, with Uematsu no. being, uh, you know, kind of uh, ill. Ill. Yeah. Yeah. that's kind of taking like, a lot of it out. Get Koji to, to reform the Star Onions. Oh or just God. get the Primals to to come. I'm down. I will go see Primals all yeah. day. All right, let's go ahead and and move on. We. Hey guys, good news. We have a discussion topic tonight. (laughs) We have not gotten into our discussion topic yet, which we are about to start. And we are already almost an hour and a half in. This is going to rip. Sit down, buckle in. We're we're going to jump into this. Sorry. (laughs) Welcome back to the show, Sarah. (laughs) Yes, Nick Nar. Where is Ron Farr? I agree. No, it's, I, I, I like it, but Sanctuary is the song from Eleven for me. Ron Farr is the one that usually shows up at a lot of the concerts because, again, it's going to be a bit more like... But it, it, it doesn't stand up to, to Sanctuary of Zita. I mean... Sarah, don't make me mute you. I guess I like the song. It, it gets stuck in your head as you so well shown but it's not yeah. as haunting and beautiful as the top oh i would say the one like the if you look just last thought on this if you look at the list it's not necessarily the ones that are the most beautiful or the most technically whatever it's the ones that kind of capture a sense of feeling what are you talking about you... to xanarkand number one on the list is yeah? one of the most beautiful songs in final fantasy yeah, I mean, it's beautiful, but the I think one of the reasons is there is not just that it's beautiful, but it captures this moment. It captures this sense yeah. and this feeling in the 
it is Final Fantasy X. Yeah. It really is. I mean, it's it's the the opening it's, song that you get. It's that slightly melancholy feeling, that moment of sad reflection. As and you we were going to, to move on, but apparently, <laughs> I stopped. I stopped. I'm doing my part. You know, I, you know. This is something we need to have a lot. We, we a need, lot. We need to have a music um, special cast. I have thought I'm about this down. a lot. I have or, so or, many feelings. Or we we make the music of Final Fantasy a series. <sighs> okay, guys, if you want that, let us know. Podcast at phoenixstarradio.com. <laughs> okay. Alice will play the ocarina. You start the next topic. I'm going to get a glass of water and try to cal- calm down. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> uh, so, discussion topic. We are going to get in some spoilers. So, for everybody who has not necessarily played through everything, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. You've been warned. Do you actually turn on an echo? That was awesome. Yes, I do. Sick. <laughs> that's what that's what having a board next to you is able to do. So um so we are not gonna talk MSQ spoilers tonight. That is going to be next episode. 117 we'll be talking about MSQ spoilers. Tonight we're gonna talk about the side quests, Eden's Verse and the Sar of Werlet. Um the the first story that we got out of that. So starting with Eden's verse, I was actually impressed. It was a I was pretty good story. Extremely impressed. I was really happy with it because mechanically, it's like we're getting four things, we're getting mm-hmm. some summons. Like we know how it's going to go down, but then we they have to subvert those expectations, well, and they did a really good job of it. But they still gave us everything we needed and wanted, plus a lot of amazing yeah. stuff that we were not expecting. How they led us down the path um was was very well the story that they told with this um we, we basically we go to Mordsuk, we talk with our man uh on the scene yalfort um and he lets us know that the girl that we fought on top of eden in uh e2 basically um who uh was unconscious this entire time has finally awoken and we learn her name is gaia uh she's a former resident of yulmore but she doesn't remember anything aside from that um, but what she lacks in memory, she definitely makes up for an attitude. Holy shit. She's a beast, like an absolute beast. She is. She's kind of Sundere. Like I was like, are you just being a bitch for the sake of that's your personality? Or are you literally just so frustrated and confused because you don't know who you are, or like, what you're doing? Oh my God, Becky. I mean, she's <sighs> like that. <laughs> she's so yeah, she's definitely shows up. Already 110% done with everybody well, else's She's shit. making um, Thancred carry her baggage. Okay, was it just me, or was that definitely, like, a Spaceballs thing for a second there? <sighs> You're not wrong. I mean, it was definitely, you know, almost on that level, but, uh, yeah. <sighs> yeah. So, somebody might have had a Mel Brooks uh, um, marathon or something. <laughs> Someone had a Mel Brooks marathon and yep. threw Daphne Zuniga's hair dryer on the ground. It was a good time. Um, so we learned that this uh, power that she has, she calls the voice. It comes from a voice in her head that she calls her fairy, um, and it reminds Uriange of uh, Reen's relationship with Menphilia. So you know, whereas you know, he's already kind of thinking that if you know Reen is the Oracle of Light, is this um, Gaia? You know, maybe. Her counterpart, the um, Oracle of Darkness. The Oracle of Darkness, which was a cool parallel to like us becoming the Warrior of Darkness. 
um, especially since we've been the warrior of light. But it's like, no, now we need to bring night to the place. It's like now we have an like a, a guide that's dark instead of light. What is her purpose here? What is her purpose now? Yeah. You welcome back. My, la my landlord ordered pizza, so I got a slice and a drink. Oh, I'm nice. Good. I know. I know. Talon's got pizza because that was what the doorbell was. He posted it. It was out Pizza on his... Hut. <laughs> okay, we were close. It was either. I'm. I'm just. You're surprised that it wasn't like um, some other you know local place that you have. But uh, I'm actually not close enough to any of the places I normally order from. Oh, for sad. Oh. I also had an amazing person. Shout outs to Mama Dragon eighty nine, who saw my tweet about wanting pizza and not being able to afford any right now. And oh, then she Mama Dragon. ordered me pizza. You are so and awesome. It's in my house. That is so, so cool that, that you can do so that. Cool. I've done that for friends in the past. That is so awesome, Mama Dragon. You rock. So she's amazing. Huge, I adore her. Huge shout out. Um so, right, Ga so where were we? Uh, Gaia insists that we go back to Eden. Um, as she believes that her fairy intended her to go there and make contact with, with Eden. So she rushes off because, you know, she's all got to be her way or the, or the highway kind of thing. Um, and uh, we end up catching up with her as she's being attacked by a giant antlion. So she uses her powers to take it out uh, with the odd delay and all. Yeah, that weird kind of like time stopping. Now, did... Did anybody else think that maybe this means we're getting a time mage? That is not where I went with that. Okay. Uh, it is kind of weird that her power um, is on a timer like that. That it's got that much of a delay. I mean, does that mean that it's coming from somewhere else and it's just that much lag? It's unclear. The fact that she talked about the fairy... Uh, so how much have you... Uh, did you two play through... Talos, I don't think you did. Klaus, did you play through Final Fantasy VIII? Yes. I did. Okay. Do you remember about the reference to the fairies in there? Mm, I don't recall. It's been a while. So there are the sequences where they're uh, kind of being projected back in time to watch the exploits of Laguna and his friend. Oh, yeah. I remember that and, bit. Yep. And so... Uh, our characters are discussing what's oh, going you, on during the... Are you talking about when Luna, Laguna starts hearing the voices? Yeah, uh, he'll, of, uh, of, he of talks to... And, and Cloud, he starts hearing their voices in there. Kind in... of. Like, he talks to his friend and says, like, oh, hey, the fairies are back. Like, it's not clear that they're, like, hearing the exact words, just like, oh, there's these, like, distant voices. And when that happens, they tend to be blessed with good luck in battle. Hmm. Uh, which is kind of sort of like the powers of these people uh, reaching back and then like their combat capabilities. So it's kind of that story explanation uh, for. So that's uh, kind of where they drew that from. That's the impression I'm getting that given that there's already been a lot of Final Fantasy VIII references, that Final Fantasy VIII has this whole thing of like this sorceress from the future, Tamicia, who is makes sense. Yeah. And so you have like, hey, you've got the, uh, the guy has got this fairy. Let's reach out that's uh, giving her access to these kind of time-related powers. I'm wondering if this is going to end up being a big Final Fantasy VIII callback there. I guess, I mean, there is a lot of eight in this, and that's why I was thinking maybe we get some sort of time age. I mean, Ultimicia is, um, you know, her big thing is time compression. Right, yes. So, and, you know, and, but, but that really I wouldn't make sense would... as a mechanic. Yeah, like, how would that actually play out in battle? So maybe, that's why I thought maybe something along the lines of a time mage that speeds up and slows down uh, time. Mm. Just my thought. 
I mean, because that, yeah. that the time age was a thing. I mean, that's where you got haste and slow and right. uh, and stop. But in terms of how that actually plays out with what we, I'm I'm skeptical. Yeah, I mean, and it wouldn't really make for a really good uh, class. Mm-hmm. It, it would make more for something that they would add into other classes to enhance their uh, their abilities. Learn this time mage side quest. Yeah, as a tank, and learn this as a. DPS. It'd be interesting. This. I don't think they would do that, though. No, that yeah. that's not how this game is designed. All but right. No. Continuing on. Um. So, the, the, with the delay, that the the ant lion disappears and uh, she's unharmed, and they're all like, "Whoa, that looked familiar," like, but still, whoa. She like kind of went into that hit hard. She, well, she went also went to explain that her fairy, you know, kind of does that to her. That you know that she can't really control how long it takes for the magic to. Um, take effect. So, mm-hmm. so, so, did we learn? Does does Ether have a lag? <laughs> Aether definitely has lag. I mean, if it's if it's coming from the thirteenth, it might you know take a little bit of time to transit transfer through. <laughs> I don't know. Just just a thought. So they make their way back to base camp and to Eden, and uh, we through a little bit of discussion. You know, we all know Orianje talks too much, so we just. Cut to the chase, and we decide that we're going to restore uh, lightning next. And not the one from 13. We're talking about the element of lightning. So, that Wait, brings us... one, Klaus? What? You can't, you can't see the look I'm giving you, but know that I'm giving you that look. Aww. <laughs> anyway, so, fight one. Fulmination. So, we, we talk about... Before we get actually into the fight... One of my favorite bits was, what do you remember about the Ramu fight? (laughs) (laughs) He was half man, half beard, and another half beard for good measure. I think I answered the one about running around picking up orbs with mixed success. (laughs) I just thought it was funny. Just the fact that that the options were all there. Yes, I like that balls and beard were our options. This is why you get weird primals. (laughs) <laughs> and what did we get out of that? We got something very different from the half man, half beard, and another half beard. Um, the beard is much shorter. The upper body is much buffer. And the bottom half is Ixian. And he has wings. Uh, yeah, that was very Where did concerning. that come from? I have no idea. Was yeah. it awesome? Uh-huh. Hell yeah, it was. Was it fun to get hit with? Not particularly. No, it was not fun at all. And some of those mechanics, they will one-shot the fuck out of you. Yeah, Urianze even specifically called out, like, hey, I couldn't help but notice that body was Ixion's body. And yeah, like, a lot of groups I was with were kind of thrown by the fact that surge protection, like, it was, that surge protection mechanic was still there, but it did something a bit different. I liked it. I liked it a yeah, lot. I liked it a lot more, actually. I liked this fight a lot more than the oh, base. Than I mean, the base one. You know, they're, they're, the mechanic with the staves that get thrown down—that was a little bit OP. I think that's a one-shot mechanic. If you don't, if you're <laughs> in range of one of those and get hit, you're dead. But I mean, like, there's a good amount of lead time on it. That's one that that felt like a okay. They intend for you to get killed by this maybe once. And I only died to it once. Yeah. And then after the first time, you're like, wait, what happened? Oh, it only hit one of them. 
was, oh, wait, they were different heights? Oh, wait, lightning strikes the tallest thing. And it, it does make sense. There is a lot of lead up. It's also a wonderful training tool to explain to people who forget from time to time, hey, your camera moves and you, that's part of your fight control as well. You and need to make sure that your camera's pointed in the right spot so you can see what's going on. Now, the other question, and Nick Nair brought this up in chat, how many of you guys died from poorly placed clouds? Because <laughs> holy oh, fuck, do those hit Oh my god, too. yeah. I was the tank, so I usually didn't notice what was going on with that. At least what like, I, I, probably died, no I probably died to that a few times. I just didn't notice that that was what it was. Tanking, no problems. Samurai, oh my god. I think I died like five or six yeah, times. Because it, it will it will target uh DPS and healers. I don't I don't recall seeing it hit the tank unless it was like the off tank and he didn't have any type of aggro on him. Um but if you were a, a, a melee ranged uh player and you got that thing and you weren't paying attention, you had a lot of pissed off people. Because you were standing right next to your tank and generally right next to Everybody else in melee range. Samurai, your monk, whoever else was in your pod of people that's standing out of range. Yeah, there's a reason I keep sprint on my bar. That is why. Great fight, though. I have not touched any of the savages, you know, just so everybody knows. All of our opinions right now are going to be based off of the normal modes. Yeah, Um, I've been getting ready for a group, but otherwise, scary stuff. Yeah, I haven't done any um, savage since Alexander. Bang. I don't think I have either. Ugh. All right. Um, but a great start to this uh, tier. I really enjoyed the fight. Like I said, the, the character was designed very well. Um, the Ixions that uh, bolted across um, the way were really cool too. As, yeah, as those were gorgeous. That was one of my cool. That was one of the coolest mechanics. Um, the lightning bolts that would strike randomly. The the background of the thunder planes from ten. That was pretty awesome too. Yeah, lots of lots of beautiful things for people to to, to gasp at and die to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, so once we have uh, defeated uh, our odd version of uh, Beard Daddy, never uh, call him that. I, I, I go in mentioning the savage stuff really quickly since there's always a mount. Uh, the mount this time around lets you ride him whenever you want. No, stop it. Don't so, encourage. So, so, so Sarah definitely wants to get through this uh, tier and ride the beard daddy. Eh, I mean, he's okay, but not quite my type. Oh, my. Just go with it. Okay, what I'm hearing is that Klaus wants a detailed observation of the types of things that I'm into. Okay, so. Clock out another 45 minutes for the show. <laughs> So once we, we defeat this boss, um, Uriange believes that in order to actually get the rain to fall, um, we'll need to get um, the elements of fire and wind to be restored simultaneously. Uh, amusing thing on that one, there's an extra choice in the conversation that only comes up if you're on Scholar. I thought it was Summoner. Oh. Nope, it's Scholar. Uh, so he's asking... Are you familiar? Like, do you know about where rain comes from? And the other option is like, uh, kind of, or it's an elegant conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> what was the third but one? If you're a scholar, you could say it's like, well, I am a scholar, you know. And he's like, oh, awesome. Would you mind giving the lecture for me? <laughs> oh my God. Nice. Uh, or which should we point say... You... Nice! <laughs> 
I really do love that they're adding a lot of those little touches. Like, yes, you are on the job whose entire thing is being well-educated in this kind of thing. Anyway. <laughs> no, yeah, the, 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 a lot of their, their stuff is on point. I mean, a lot of the choices that we have to give have been so good. I didn't get into all of them, but if you played through this, you know what I'm talking about. <sighs> you, you, the, the 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 warrior of sass is definitely in effect here. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. You're definitely being so a brat good. for some of it. Um, but anyway, getting back to this, so he wants us to restore fire and wind simultaneously because we need the water to evaporate, and we need the winds to coalesce it back together. Carry it up to when it's be the entire wa uh, water cycle. Exactly. Without both of them working in in tandem, the water cycle just does not work. We end up evaporating everything off or we end up blowing everything away. There's also a thing brought up of like the elemental diagram suggesting that bringing both up in conjunction is going to balance out the addition of the... Since uh, one is... Uh, one of those defeats lightning and what... It, there's weird stuff going on. So yeah. It's, but yeah, it's like, okay, both of them at once. Yeah. I, f I haven't seen that six elemental thing because I forgot about Eureka, so I never did it. Well, it's and also a, a diagram in his house in uh, Ilmeg. Right, You'd know like, that if you ever visited. Yeah, I never do. Uh, so I saw it, and I just rem it reminded, I reminded, bleh, words are hard. It reminded me of the back of a magic card. <laughs> yeah. A little bit, yeah. It has the five elements. I was like, oh, cool. Except we have but I was six. Like, Wait, six because we have Astral and Umbral. And Pizza. Yes, we do. Om nom nom. I take a potato chip and eat it. No, pizza is an element. Didn't you know that? That would explain some things. <laughs> if you've ever played the Quest for Glory games, you would get that reference. Anyway, moving on. Nope. I'm nope. guessing it's a PC game. It, it's a, an old Sierra game. Or an old yep, series nope. of Sierra games. They're amazing. Nope. Go look them up on GOG.com. Don't know what that is. Probably a PC thing. Get on my level, bruh. Anyway. Nah. <laughs> so this is going to pose a burden, you know, taking on two different types of ether, uh, not only on ourselves, but on Reen, because, you know, she has to con control it and get it, get Eden to, you know, coalesce it, and then we have to fight it. So um, while Reen is concerned about the strain this is going to have on the two of us, she, at this point, is seeming more concerned with Gaia and her feelings because she's um, really distant and has been extremely combative. Um, so she decides she's going to go try and talk with Gaia and see what's bothering her. And she brings up you know, the idea of maybe the two of them should go to the Crystarium and, and like get some coffee biscuits. And, oh my god, that was cute. But They're so adorable. Wow, did, did the uh, attitude ever come back out? Because Gaia is obvious is totally against the idea she thinks that reen is way too positive and needs to like settle down and like uh, it should be no surprise that the internet leapt on this immediately <sighs> yeah i'm in the minority here i thought that whole put bit was super obnoxious and super forced <laughs> i did not like i don't ship well, it you're also not a, a, a teenage girl no, nor have you ever been a teenage a girl. No, a teen girl who was uh, locked up for most of her life, and it's like, oh my gosh, I have catching up on things to do. Uh, or, uh, or this a, is what we do. Uh, 
or a teenage girl who was apparently abducted into the void. And, we and still don't quite know what's going on with her. Just I'm just going to stand here and just wave my arrow flag and be like, I don't know what relationships are. <laughs> just well, I don't, so I don't, I mean, don't ship it. The, the internet left on that in some parts of that, but there's also a lot of people who's like, no, it's going to be a good, wholesome friendship, and that will also be cute and adorable. We'll get to that in a little bit as we continue like that, on the story. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like a lot of the stuff, people kind of was like, "This does not require them to be girlfriends. They could just be girls who are friends." So anyway, the doesn't understand that. Uh, Gaia uh, storms off in a huff, uh, goes to Eden, and uh, we tell Reen to kind of just uh, keep her chin up. That uh, you know, don't take it too hard. You know, Gaia's a bitch. She'll maybe yep. calm down. And uh, we should uh, get uh, back to work. And uh, let's get that second fight going. So we get fight two. The Führer. This one was great. Oh. I loved this fight. So This yeah. is my favorite of the four. It starts with an eight-winged Garuda. I think it was eight wings, wasn't it? Four yeah. on each side? Yeah, it is. A shit ton of wings on Garuda. I think it's actually only two more than normal. Yeah, I mean, this a seems bunch like a of wings. Here's this scary flying thing with a fuck ton of wings. I thought seems it, about right. It looked amazing. It was a very yeah. well done model. Uh, not overly super crazy like uh, um, Beard Daddy. We remembered some weird shit. Weird. Well, I'm not, not wrong. Well, we're... You are technically correct. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Um, Garuda has some nasty attacks, like those spike things that pop up on the sides. Get out of the way. Pharaoh Storm, I think it was. Yes, they're nasty. Yeah. Um, but when we take to her, I, is it, it's either a quarter or a third of her HP. Um, Ifrit says, uh, move over, hold my beer, whatever, and decides to come down. And yeah, the two of them were making comments to each other uh, throughout the thing, like the interaction between yeah. them. It was an actually kind of a little bit of a throwback to six, even though it was supposed to be uh, that was uh, um, Ifrit and Shiva. I think yeah. the interaction yeah. was still there, and it was very reminiscent of that uh, type of fight because it started with the one, switches to the other, and goes back and forth type of thing. And Ifrit yep. and Shiva did the same thing in World of Final Fantasy as well. Yep, very true. Right. Um, Ifrit looks very odd. I mean, he's got like antler-like horns instead of the normal horns we're used to seeing. And is very, actually looks a lot like the Final Fantasy VI Ifrit. Yeah, he looked, well, which was called like Jin or something. Like they had like some weird translation issue. I or was think, that an uh, earlier one? That might have been an earlier uh, version. FF4, this, yeah. Is it four that he was like Jin and the Wyburns yeah. and all the other terrible translations? Yep. Um, but uh, Well, he, I'm not sure it's necessarily that. Um, anyways. Anyway. It is not an unreasonable translation. Yep. Um, so then after he takes a bit of a beating and you, you, he has a lot of, you still get the eruptions. Um, he's got a few other attacks that he throws out at you, but, um, he takes a little bit of a beating and then they both take us on. So they combine their attacks. Well, yeah. First they have the bit where we are just fighting both at once for a little while. Yep. So yeah, you got Ifrit and Garuda, you know, both attacking, um, both throwing out their attacks. So it, it's a shit show because you're trying to avoid, you know, the Pharaoh Storm while Garuda's got this line AoE 
you know, where you have to stand in the middle, a la um, uh, Susano kind of thing. Or or one of them throws a bunch of stuff onto the field and then the other changing their positions. Yeah, you def- there's a, lot, there's a lot of dancing going on there. Um, so you take them down to about 50% and then they decide to take their teamwork to the next level. And they combine into a fire wind demon called... Elemental hero, flame wing man. <laughs> I'm trying. I don't want to slaughter this too bad. It's an old Sanskrit word, uh, raktapaksa. Fun Sanskrit word means red winged, uh, and is another name for Garuda. Yep. You're welcome that I put that there. Or did you already know that? I already knew that. Of course, you did. <laughs> but I, I, I did Google it to try and find out, so I did research. Oh, yeah, the moment I saw it, I Googled it, which was slightly awkward because I was main tank, but I made it work. <laughs> so we're, we're fighting red-winged Garuda, um, and the boss basically has all of the attacks and is throwing all of them at us, and it's pretty crazy. The, the, the battlefield looks really cool. It's, it's all kinds of Christmas colors. I mean, it's all reds and greens everywhere, and it's... It's a fun fight. Yeah, it really did a good job of capturing that feel of, hey, here's this place where all these elemental forces are raging about dancing out of control. Yep. I mean, the fact that we're taking on two different uh, forms of ether at once, I mean, it's going to be a raging inferno with the wind just, uh, you know, making it, you know, even worse. Yeah, there were definitely several points during all this where I was like, wait, like, not just this fight, but throughout this entire tier where I was like, wait, why did we think this was a good idea? Are we just going with this? We're just going with this, aren't we? We're just going with this. And we just went yeah. with it. And we end up beating Rastapasta. Rastapasta. Whatever. Rastapasta. Rasta I like Rastapasta. Yeah. Yaman. Mm-hmm. Yaman. So once we defeat Red Wing Garuda... Uh, we return back to camp and we find the rain has started. And we're just kind of content to sit there and enjoy the downpour. Yeah, it's kind of a nice moment. Like, hey, here's something where, like when we, kind of like when we brought the water back, it was like, hey, here's a moment where we have a very visible effect of what we've done. And we're going to take a moment to revel in our success of that. Mm-hmm. Now, Reen is very happy at the results. Gaia's mood turns even more sour. And she basically is getting all angry at Eden, um, which seems to uh, let her fairy get the best of her at this point. Kind of a moment of weakness, and uh, Gaia kind of lets her guard down kind of a bit. Um, at this point, she's kind of uttering a bunch of nonsense. Um, so we're, we're actually quite concerned at this, but she kind of returns to her senses, um, but... As we're about to discover, her inner turmoil has only temporarily subsided. Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, it is inner, so we don't get to see it as directly. Just into this, like, really set of dark feelings. Oh, uh, because that was another one that, again, felt like a lot of those moments in FF8 where, like, you have Renoa drifting in space, wondering if she's just going to, like, kind of vanish or squalls, not very well coping with his feelings of loneliness. Like, that felt like another kind of callback to those moments this character dealing with those which i think is kind of why they brought up the whole thing of like reen wanting to strike up this friendship because you have this person trying to deal with a lot of these concepts of being alone and struggling with this loneliness and things now, like what that. did you think of uh square's decision to 
um, show us Gaia's internal monologue in those special dialogue boxes. I mean, I'm generally for it. Like, it felt again like a bit of a callback to the Final Fantasy VIII. So, it, viewing it in that, I was like, okay, yeah, this is what they'd want to do. That she's kind of the star of this right now. Like, I agreed. I, I thought it was very much just a reminiscent of that whole like flashback, like temporary mind takeover. I just read it as that because let's be real, there's only so many facial expressions we have, just from a programming perspective, and just. Hey. You can only hey, do so. Much. Every once in a while, we punch one fist. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying, wondering where the style came from. If it it's was reminiscent from something, technique. or yeah, it feels like it's a little bit trying to feel like what they did in eight. But it's definitely, if you didn't have that knowledge, then it doesn't really make a ton of sense. Yeah, I would be interested to hear uh, what it was like for someone who hadn't played 8, yeah. what Nick, they thought of it. Nick Nar in chat saying, in before the fairy in her head is named Altamisha. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I'm expecting, honestly. All right. Um, so let's see, where were we at? Um, so after basking in the rain far long enough, as Thancred isn't a fan of so soggy underpants, <laughs> and he says as much, <laughs> Dance in the rain, Thancred. Let those inhibitions go. Just don't let your 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 drawers get all uh all wet. Well, yes. If the Great British Bake Off toss anything, no one likes a soggy ball. Where'd it go? Thank you, thank you. I, I I'll be trying, here all week. I Try the beat. To find it. Um. So we decided to go elsewhere to discuss our plans to draw out the ice element. Now, Gaia is not very happy to hear that the fruits of our labor may take decades to actually, you know, bring something out. I read that not necessarily so much as unhappy as kind of surprised. Now, she, she seemed, you know, I don't know. I guess I was... We'll, we'll differ our opinions on that a little bit. Yeah. But but it's, def, it's definitely was something where she was not expecting this from well, us. She us talk also about is wanting things to happen now yeah she's in fairness what did we just do and then we came back and it was raining and now it's like oh yeah the rest of this is going to take like a decade though i mean it's rome wasn't built in a day yeah but, but they don't know what rome be, is i guess i was gonna say this is a joke that only makes sense on the source but it only makes sense on earth maybe but carnival wasn't built in a day it took at least a week Maybe two. But yeah, it's there has been a kind of recurring theme, uh, especially in this expansion of the idea of like, hey, sometimes you, you're seeing it off to the next generation. Yeah, I mean, we, we tell her that we're doing this knowing that we're not going to see, you know, the end result of this. We are doing it for the future. And that blows her mind, really, because she hadn't thought of it that way. She's very much been because she just kind of gotten her memories back. She's been very much for living in the now. Yeah. She, she's not looking forward. Um, you know, she's not looking back either, but she's all about making sure that what she wants now is being addressed because she can't really count on anything in the future. And she, well, she just doesn't know what the future is going to bring. Right. But she kind of sees herself as being like someone who doesn't really have one. Take what you can now, because yeah, there's yeah. no guarantee. Stuff and so the idea of like people who could p 
put in all this effort for something that they don't expect to see in their lifetimes. That does just boggle her. Yep. But I mean, it, it changes her, her thought process. It changes her mindset, which also changes her mood because she opens up to us because she tells us about all her doubts and fears about what's going to happen in the future and why she's living in the now. Um, but when she gets this moment of weakness again, she is stricken with another headache, you know, similar to what she's experienced in the past. But this time she excuses herself to get some fresh air up above decks. Uh, we go to check on Gaia and the situation definitely escalated at this point. Um, at this point, a dark aura has manifested itself into an odd glyph and a number of sin eaters start circling above us. Um, Gaia is basically defenseless at this point, and before they uh, they attack us, we bring her inside and um, then go back up to confront uh, the embodiment of darkness from within Gaia. Now, this fight, number three, Iconoclasm, to a lot of people, is their least favorite. I'll agree. I love this fight. Yeah, really? I like it too. Now it's, you're thinking with portals. Oh, it's so good. Portals. Portals. I understand why people don't like it. Because it requires a lot of thinking. There's a lot of forethought that has to go with this. You have to think, okay, so this is going to hit here, which is going to cause it to happen over here, and I need to be sitting here to not die. I'm purple. I need to stand in white. White goes into blue, which means I need to stand in red but I also need to be over here so that I don't get double hit. And you're like, yeah. Oh God, there's a lot of pieces to keep track of while trying to not die. But I like it. Yeah. I was the kind of person who I started browsing the adult section of the library when I was, I want eight or nine years old because I had ran out of math puzzle books in the kids section. Oh so this my. fight really scratched that itch. Oh, not that adult section. Sorry. No, just like the, <laughs> the grownups stuff, like the math puzzle books for grownups. Not like that. No. <laughs> I don't even know how that would work. You triggered but, my trap card. <laughs> but so yeah, this fight just really scratched that itch of like your Scarlet. Okay, well this bit's gonna go to there, but then I need to remember that this is gonna swap, so I'll want to account for that and stand here, then step to there. I've actually had a couple of times when I did not have to move. Yeah. All three. Oh, went I, I when you get lucky. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Because I knew I could avoid two of them by standing in this spot here, because it would switch me to this one, and that would switch me back. And then when the next set came down, I was already in the right color. Isn't that satisfying? It's yes. like everything is falling into place around you. Like you have like an entire, like you have an avalanche falling from the sky, and all the rocks land around you, and you are standing in the one perfect spot. I love it's it so when a plan comes together. Yes, that. <laughs> God, I love that. And that's part of the reason why I like this fight, because it makes you think outside the box. You know, you're not just looking for a line AOE or a, or, or a big orange circle on the ground. You right. have to think two to three steps ahead so you don't die in, in 20 seconds. Which you know, I know is a first, style that... Yeah, oh, blue first, red second, purple first, white first. Like, you have to understand how it works. And if you cannot think one or two steps ahead. You can definitely figure out which DPS is new uh, every time you go in and do it. Yeah. But it's, it's it's a lot of work, and when you're pugging a group, it's definitely really tough because you're just guaranteed to lose two or three people day almost one, every time. 
day one, we died quite a few times. I think we wiped about three times before we cleared it. Uh, the next yeah. week, I think I died a couple of extra times as I was trying to cement everything. And now I can get through it pretty okay. I mean, there's still a couple of uh, of the mechanics that still gave me like that one line AOE that teleports you. Ah, that one's annoying. Yeah, having to, I'm I'm still yet to quite figure out the exact way to keep it going to the spot I want it to go to every so, time. Thing that helps with that, uh, take a look at the name of the uh, debuff you get when it goes off because it will always be like right with the or back with the or whatever, and so it's going to be that cardinal direction based on your facing. Okay, because I, I, I thought it was just controlled by what, what what direction you were facing in general, but I didn't realize that it actually had a different name for each direction. Yep. So it'll tell you like, hey, it is going to send you to the left, and the uh, the debuff will be called left with V. But no, I mean you. It'll like it's, it. Like I said, you can actually change the direction that it faces, though. Well, you're just changing your facing. Remember that even like small mm. twitches will change which way you're facing. Fair enough. And because I use keyboard to control everything, that's in when I shoot. Yeah, it's always going to face the other direction. You're correct. Gotcha. Yep. Makes or sense. like if you have something where. If you have a thing where when you attack, it turns you to face the mob. So it's, it's, you are going to very suddenly change which way yeah. you're facing and where you're. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. It's very similar then to Mustadio's mechanic with the uh, the, the circle and you have the to face gunshot. The... Yeah. Yep. yep. Got it. That makes more sense. Thank you. Yep. I'm, st I'm still probably going to screw it up and just try not to fall off the edge. Yeah. But anyway. This, this is, uh, I get that this is a uh, style of puzzle that for some people is very stressful and not a thing that they like to do. This is a type of thing that I love to do on the fly, so I had a great time with it, but I also get why it would not be everyone's cup of tea. Yeah, definitely not. Alright, so after we take on the flock of Singles and uh, uh, manage... I want that to be a take on me reference, but it is. No, instead we're just gonna <laughs> run so far away. Thank you. Um... So after we defeat the Singles and the Dark Glyph, um, we return to check on Gaia, who is still unconscious. Uh, we kind of get a uh, glimpse into her um, inner monologue, and she is floating in darkness, sad and all alone. But then she starts to hear Reen's voice breaking through that darkness and is drawn towards the Oracle of Light and is able to regain consciousness. Um, she's more subdued than usual, and we are relieved... Um, at her recovery. Um, with the worst part behind us, we resume our plan now to restore ice energy. So with that, we then start talking about how our former colleague and friendly Sale, how, uh, how she uh, was able to draw in Shiva's power and use her body as a conduit. And Reen thinks, hey, I want to do that. Oh my god, I was like, dude... How did Uriange not completely lose his mind at this I mean, particular moment? Yeah. This is this is one of those moments where I reminded myself that the Lauren story team are there to make stuff work. But if someone on the battle team decided, hey, it would be really cool to do a thing of Shiva, oh, we could use Ring for that, they're going to figure out a way to make it work because yeah. rule of cool is what rules it. Yep. You're not wrong. And that made me a little less bothered about the whole thing. It's like, well, this is just a kind of inevitable result. She, she Smile waved. and nod and hope we don't get killed. She gave Oriange puppy dog eyes and then we decided, okay, I guess. Um, she insisted that we do it that way. Um, so now we have to not only defeat um, 
the Shiva that gets called forth, we also have to not kill Reen. Good luck. And Woo. so we get fight for refulgence. And I just have to say this. I called it. <laughs> you I, did. I totally called it. We fought yeah. all four of the, the remaining uh, ice or all the remaining aether types. Yeah, I was a little skeptical, but you did call it. I'm not quite sure what to. Ex well, we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the fight a little bit. Um, this rendition of Shiva was amazing. Uh, and of course, the, the whole thing goes out of control pretty much immediately. Yeah. No, I'm just getting into the design oh, of, yeah. the, of the character itself. Oh, yeah. Very tasteful. Not like, you know, high cut sides and, and low cut fronts, you know, entirely. Yeah, it's like, hey, they're not going to loot her. Good. Yet. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, the she, when we see her, it's kind of got a flowing dress. And uh, like I said, looks really cool. Reen, Reen's face, but definitely not Reen's body. <laughs> those, no. Like those cold, cold eyes. It's like I have never seen her like that. Yep. Um, the idea of using Ice Aether and then Reen's natural affinity to light was actually very clever as well. The whole thing about ice, uh, uh, ice being naturally closest to light, that was an entirely new thing. And part of me feels like that was one of those ones that was like, okay, we're cooking this up to make it work. Well, I'm, I'm not sure they meant that, but, you know, the fact that Reen is the Oracle of Light and the fact that she has taken in this ice ether has weakened her ability to hold back the light. Right. So it, they, they, they've been, they were kind of fighting back and forth. You know, There's a a bit of debate about some of this and what it meant and how much of it is just an ass pull, but I, I, it was still made for a fun fight. Oh yeah. Um, as a fight, it was like, okay, this is kind of bad. Uh, let's see. There were a lot of mechanics to learn. Um, mirror, mirror took me a bit to get to you, uh, used to, Oh, uh, that threw Oops, I was in, yeah. I still have not quite gotten it flawless, but I'm, I haven't died to it since the well, first time. I did we it. know which this will help you. Um, there's two at, there's two different versions. I, I had this wrong. I I just remembered a th uh, there's four variants total, two for each different version. There's a two mirror version and a four mirror version. Uh, the two mirror version is either going to be a full uh, rear conal or a uh, a frontal and everything else conal. Okay. And there's two spots that you run to. You either run if it's the rear conal, you run between the two mirrors, and then that's a safe spot. If it's the everything else conal, you run to the opposite side of the mirrors, and that's a safe spot. I mean, pretty much it's a, the move that she's doing, it will then be duplicated by the mirrors, except with treat the mirrors as the point of origin rather than ring. Correct. Gotcha. And then with the four mirrors, she's either going to do the scythe kick or the, or the axe kick. So if it's the scythe kick, it's going to be the, the safe spot's going to be right underneath the boss and then right next to the mirrors. Or she's going to do the axe kick and the safe spot's going to be away from, on the edges and then the center. That makes a ton more sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was having a little bit of a hard time, uh, but I'm tanking it. So most of the time I just have enough cooldowns that I just stand still and I'm and my healers have been really helpful. But I know that that's not going to last forever. So that will help you understand that aspect of it. 
Um, and then there's a whole bunch of other things that happen all the time. Um, there's a lot I, going on in that fight. I like the mechanic of where you have to turn away from her while she's changing forms between ice and light. Because that's, I think that is a really cheeky jab at, uh, you know, the issues that Yoshida brought up, you know, about people using third-party mods to make uh, lewd reens. It's a whole, Don't look away, or I will hurt you. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if that was actually what was meant, but it, it, it's definitely a, a nice little jab, if so. And then uh, the end bit, having uh, Gaia come in and save her with, with you know, because the light is too powerful. She brings in the darkness and she basically brings hammer time. She brings darkness. She summons a hammer of darkness and then wrecks everybody's shit. That was awesome. Yeah. And then yeah. she uses her time magic to slow down the buildup of light. Because I don't know if you noticed that the, the buildup is I very, very, very fast. And then it hits about 50 percent when the when the time magic s slows it way down, giving us a chance to take it out. Fire now, LB3 again. Yeah, it, it was nice that they gave us an extra LB. So we use the LB to to take her out when she's uh, you know doing in the soft and rage of just continuing to, to spam that la that last move. And then we get it right away back again so we can uh, take out. Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much like, a, hey, here's the big cinematic finish to it. Though I will tell you, we actually wiped a few times because the only things that were alive were the tanks Oof. at that point. And you just eat no matter how many fell cleaves you can pull off. There's it was a gunbreaker and a paladin. Yeah, that ain't gunbreaker made to double gunbreaker with every single long cooldown available, pushing it. We didn't make Maybe. it. Maybe. Yeah, didn't, no we way. didn't make it. Um, yeah, we, we almost... Uh, the first day when we ran through this, I think we went six times. There were mm. three uh, attempts to disband. Uh, no, I, I think we had a... Finish. I think we had a similar number of wipes, or maybe slightly more. But uh, both Spender and I were doing the, hey, like, hey, everyone did really good on this. We made it further this time. This is what we observed about that. And that really helped with keeping people's spirits up. We finished with two original people, myself and one other from the original group that uh, started in that duty finder. Yeah. Keeping the group's spirits up is an art in and of itself. It is. There and was just definitely one or two tough. people who were not getting it, unfortunately. And they kept and I, I think it, we, it was the healers, sadly, but um because people were just dying left and right. That last bit before the uh, the cinematic is quite a heel check. Yeah. So if you don't know your if you don't know your class and you're running current content, it's really really hard. Running older content, you can kind of dial it in sometimes, but you really want to know what to. Yep. I, I mean, they were people get just like a little scared or well, just like start panicking. Yep. Overall, I thought all four fights were pretty damn good. I enjoyed them. Oh, yeah, agreed. 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 All four of these. I like this set of Eden better than the last set. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, but I definitely like the Eden story that we have. I think the, the overall arc of what we're building and what story we're seeing and the story of Reen and the story of Gaia and how we're rebuilding this. It's shaping up to be really good so far. We still have another third of it to go. Yep. So far, this... And I, go ahead. 
I'm not even sure what they're going to do with it because, hey, like, we finished with all the elements. So I guess it's going to focus on what's going on with the fairy and other stuff like that, but I'm not sure where they're going with this. Nope, and that I like that. It's going to take it in a totally new direction. We, we do not have any idea where the third uh, phase of Eden is going to take us. Well, the first one we got was two Sin Eaters, two well, no, quotes, no, it, primals. No, it was two primals, a sin, uh, a uh, um, a darkness entity, and Eden herself. Right, and then the next one. So we're all like, okay, is that what we're basically going to get on repeat two more times? Six elements, and then you called it. You're like, no, we're going to burn through the elements, and then we're going to figure out the next thing. I do appreciate that they need to, because I expected that it was like a repeating pattern here. So yeah, I appreciate that. No, they keep surprising us that I was wrong about that. I appreciate that they made me wrong because making me wrong makes it way more interesting. <laughs> Though I will say I was not fully correct for the fact that I figured it would be four primal fights, but we got two and one. That was cool. That was I, cool. Again, that's my favorite one of the fights. Um, Just because we get three bosses, basically. Yep. God, how many almost floods of light did we have in that last fight? Like, I got like three once. Because <laughs> there's the there's the one during the midsection. Yeah. And then uh, the final sequence of uh, they're uh, preparing another, which is it's called Age of Endless Frost. But the little gauge as well is showing it's like it's another flood of light. It's just a like the whole light and ice being connected type thing. It's like, OK, we are freezing the it's kind of like the stuff over at yep. uh, the remains of uh, Amarang. Like this hmm. giant frozen ice light thing. Hmm. Hey, Sarah, I didn't think yeah. about that, but now I need to go to Amarang for <laughs> field trip. Right? Woo! All right. PDR field That's trip. what I do. I go and notice details. All right, so now with the six elements restored, we return to base camp and we find patches of greenery returning for the first time since the flood. Uh, Reen suggests we all take a well-earned rest, which is much different from her normal hasty demeanor. That's pretty cool that they've had a lot of growth with Reen. Well, this. after that entire thing where she almost accidentally unleashed a couple floods of light and destroyed the world again, she's probably like, I need a little time to process. Yep. Maybe she dials it back just a smidge. <laughs> Just a little bit. And she also believes that she and Gaia should work together to support one another as they both have things that they need to deal with. And they seem to be a pretty good team. Yeah. And they really at, are. At least when Gaia is amenable to the whole situation. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do we get to fight Gaia? Unclear. Or maybe just her to. fairy. Her fairy, sure. But, Wait, um, why do you want to fight Gaia? Uh, something, something, hot, bitchy girl with dark magic hammer and cool dress. It's a sex thing. Got it. No, it's not. Also, I need some reference oh to Beard Daddy my. right now. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Um, so basically we take the pair back to Mortsuk and we give our report to Yelfert, who will need some time to compile all the relevant information. And uh, Gaia and Reen will take a well-earned break there. Gonna get some coffee biscuits. Yep. Fuck now, yeah. Do we want to talk about the next bit? Because it requires completion of the MSQ. Uh, either way. What's I'm up? down. Okay. Yeah. So basically, if 
this next quest is only available, like I said, if you've completed uh, the, the quest Echoes of a Fallen Star, which is the last MSQ for 5.2. 5.2. So, uh, Yalford has received a message uh, from Orianne J requesting our presence in person at the Crystarium. So, we meet up with him and Thancred, as well as Gaia and Reen, and he proceeds to tell the two girls the truth about where they're from and how they need to get back to the source as soon as possible before they lose their physical forms permanently. Now, and how we, the physical forms that they know are not actual physical forms. They are basically souls in a fake simulacrum body. Ish. Ish. It's weird. Yes. It's weird. That's the best op- answer and option is it's weird. Yeah. Hand wavy. Mm. Wavy gravy. I want ice cream now. Mm. <laughs> um, so Reen understands. I mean, she's been dealing with these guys since 5.0 or and even more i mean she's been with thancred for a few years i suppose yeah he's been here for a couple what year and a half two years uh a while who was the first one too i think it was thancred was so that was like about five years but i don't know if he's actually been with uh reen the entire time he researched a bit of it and i think he saved reen maybe a year ago I'm Don't, not sure of the timeline we'll at this to, point. We'll have to look at the en- timeline. Enough, enough time that it mattered. Enough They've been to, together for a while. It made a big matter, I mean, because basically, Reen sees both of them as mentors, but she sees Thancred as almost a father figure. I mean, because after he freed her from Yulmore, they've been together since. Whatever yeah. amount of time that's been, it's not an insignificant amount. It's like, Thancred is dad, and Uriange is like, kind of yeah. weird uncle. Yeah, weird talks too much uncle who has to like he's uh, still lovable but he's the weird uncle yep um we remind her though that ourselves and gaia will be there to continue to support to support her and uh we then return back to Mordsuk, tell yalford about uh thank departure and he reaffirms his commitment to finishing the job so we will be continuing this in 5.4 5. 5. Which, fairness, fairness, podcast info fairness, uh, we don't actually know it's in 5.4, but historically, that's where it would end up. <laughs> it's It'll be, be sometime later. Yeah. And uh, I think we should save this next bit for another episode. Because Heck yeah. Yeah. we had a lot to talk about with the, uh, the uh, um, demo f- for Final Fantasy VII. Um, mm-hmm. We, talked we about- got a lot. We got a lot out of that survey, more than I expected. That, I, yeah. I was just going to say the same thing. That survey was actually um, a lot of uh, discussion, which was amazing. I mean, there's a lot to dig yeah. into there. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we were, we were going to dig into the Sorrow of Whirlit story, but, uh, I mean, we want to give it its its uh, proper due. There's, there's some interesting stuff going on there, too. I really get why it has that name now, which mostly just makes me more sad. And Sarah wants to definitely talk a lot about it. We yeah, would be we'll be here true. for at least another hour. There's a lot going on there, especially once you see callbacks and references, other stuff. Mm-hmm. Though by the next time we go, I might have done the uh, extreme version of it, and maybe I'll have even more. Yes, definitely. Um, <laughs> and then we'll also then be discussing the main scenario storyline as well in two weeks. So with that, it's going to do it for this episode, guys. If you liked what you heard, 
please make sure to like, subscribe, or follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever your preferred podcatcher is. We're still working on getting out on uh, um, Pandora. I haven't heard back from them yet, but uh, we're on a lot of the different ones. Um, Whatever your preferred podcatcher is, if you can, leave us a rating or review and, uh, you know, help people find our show. If you really dig the show, you can consider subscribing here at twitch.tv slash phoenixdownradio. You get access to a number of uh, emotes, subscriber badges, things like that. Or you can be like our friend Rory Fenrir and go out to patreon.com slash phoenixdownradio and support us there. All the proceeds we get go towards growing our show, cover hosting costs, allow us to do some fun things like giveaways, which we do have a giveaway coming up soon. I'll be talking about it probably in two weeks. Um, and uh, allows us to do those kinds of fun things. But whatever support you give us, whether it's emails, likes, tweets, and retweets, follows, subs, or donations, they're always greatly appreciated because we love interacting with you guys. If you want to check out our backlog of podcasts, go check out www.phoenixstarradio.com and shoot us an email at podcast.phoenixstarradio.com if you have any questions or anything you want to hear us talk about. You can also hit us up on Twitter at phxdnradio. So, Shoutouts. Who's first? Uh, I'll go ahead. So, uh, shout out as usual to Kyle Spender and to his brother Vasha Soleri. Uh, had a lot of fun trioing a lot of the old X's with you. Uh, looking forward to a bit more of it. Uh, Vasha actually created two full sets of Neo Ishgardian gear for me, which I am very, very grateful for. Dang, uh, yeah, that's a good no, friend. Uh. Her, uh, Fisher was level 70 before any combat class. Wow. Got some insane dedication there. It's true. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Aurelie from the Gamer Escape Discord, uh, who posted a batch of her glamours, uh, one of which I uh, went ahead and uh, stole blatantly to get this really awesome blue mage look. No, oh you, my were, gosh, you I were influenced it. by it. I mean, she pretty much shared it freely, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome, I'm gonna use it. And it was like, yay, I'm glad you like it. And it goes with the neo Ishgardian stuff, too! I'm like, fashion current! How often does that happen? For you, actually, quite frequently. You, 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 okay. Your, your, your yeah. glams are pretty on point. I mean, and the fact that you can't have this awesome vest, you know, you gotta work a little harder. Yeah! <laughs> God, there are so many good pieces that are guy all I don't want to show off my boobs! It would be cool to see what this uh, the the Valentino's vest looks like um, on females, you know, in, in yeah. its current form. Or you know what else I would love to see, and what they need to do for um, a, a Final Fantasy VII crossover, a Turk suit. <gasps> yes. Shit. Where you can dress yes. like Elena. Yes. And I can dress like Reno. Yeah. Uh, I like everything about what you're. That sounds amazing. SE, I would also make it happen. I would, Please. I would also be satisfied with just being able to wear Snow's uh, long coat. Yeah. There's like a really good like emergency room doctor glamour that I saw using that. That's like, okay, that would be... Fair enough. Anyway, sorry for interrupting with that. Anyways, yes. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, you can find me on Twitter at FF14SER. That's F-F-X-I-V-S-E-Y-R-R where I mostly post interesting stuff I found at the library or occasional things that I cooked with my friends. People seem fun. Cooking is fun. 
It is. That's the other thing that I will talk for hours about. It's, it, it's great fun with tallies. Also, Anyways, yes. Bon Appetit is awesome. Hi, did it. Damn it! <laughs> um, I mean, I appreciate it, but that also felt first. Well, it's fine. Did you see the combos episode? Uh, yes, it was. So, I felt, I felt my heart seize. I lost an artery permanently just watching it. But oh, it looked God. so good. No, mm-hmm. it did not. It looked amazing. I wanted those combos so bad. Anyway, tell us. Uh. You can find me on Twitter at Towels Marvelous. That's T A L I Z Marvelous. I post weird shit. I don't know what I'm posting right now. Um, shout outs to Mama Dragon eighty nine for buying me pizza to eat during the show, which was awesome. Uh, shout outs to Klaus for tolerating me not getting any of my content done in any decent amount of time and still allowing me on the show. Uh, yeah, make up for it. Don't to, worry. Shout outs to Sarah for. Uh, <laughs> keeping me in line and making sure that my jokes don't go too far sometimes. Eh, you do what you gotta do. I help. You're helping. Yay, I hope. Or or should we say... You're welcome. I gave you a chance to use that. Enjoy. And I want to shout out to you, Yahoos. Thank you so much for joining me week after week. Um, I don't know why, but uh, you do, and uh, I'm thankful (laughs) for it. It, make, it makes it a lot of fun. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate to have had some amazing co-hosts. Uh, Sarah, who's been here since the beginning. Talos, who's been here for the last year. Uh, shout out to all the past hosts, to uh, Seo, to Luna, to Chili. Um, God, has it been that long? How the time flies. Yes. Yeah. He, he joined us in January of uh, 2019. So he's been huh. over yeah. a year now. My, first, my like one year anniversary was like right before I went to Japan. Yeah, it was literally the first episode of the year, I think. I think it was. Cool. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It was cool yeah, stuff. It was a anyway. So shout out to you guys. Shout out to Yelta, to Nicknar, to Ulf, to Renari, to Daltrea, to everybody who joined me today at uh, Victoria Borough. It was an amazing time. Um, check out social media for more pictures. Um, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. I, I can't thank you guys enough for making these in-person meets successful because, you know, having, you know, I think the first one we had, you know, a few people show up. Uh, this last one, we had nine people. I mean, it's going to get bigger, you know, so I'm, I'm hoping that we can make this a thing and uh, get more people interested. Um, so shout out to everybody who's listening out on the podcast and watching us live here at twitch.tv slash Phoenix on radio. We really do appreciate you. And if you want to follow me, on Twitter, I am at PHXDN underscore K-L-A-U-S-S, uh, PHXDN underscore Klaus. Uh, right now, I am mainly posting things that I'm preparing for for Detour. Uh, I recently posted a couple of cosplays that I'm going to be uh, debuting in a month. Um, I'm, I am going to be cosplaying as um, Maze Hughes from Full Metal Alchemist. That cosplay turned out amazing. Um, I'm so stoked. I can't wait to see it. Um, and I'm also going to be doing um, uh, Saratobi Asuma from uh, Naruto. Nice. And I'm a little bit nervous because I just realized uh, like a week ago that the English VA for uh, Asuma is going to be at Detour. You're going to get uh, judged. So yes. much. It's fine. Or they're going to love the crap out of you no matter what. Yeah, I mean, probably that. 
Yeah, I, 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 it's it's still kind of nerve wracking when when the guy who did the voice is gonna be there and he's gonna be like, "Hi," you know. My general experience has been that they're like, "Wow, people like this enough that they want to dress up at it." Has it? Yeah. No, I, I Watching... it's it's got to be so surreal. Watching yeah. Naoko Takeuchi in a room full of people looking out and going, "There are people cosplaying a character that I drew in 1990." What the hell is happening? And it's like, <laughs> yes, Sailor Moon is popular in America in 2018. And she literally had no clue. Her concept <laughs> was just completely gone. And we're like, dude, do you know how important your show is here? No, like I guess it's I'm, I'm so it's looking forward to it. Like I said, we got one more episode until then. But yeah, I'm still going to be, you know, preparing the panels and all that stuff. So if you want more information about that, follow me out on Twitter. That's probably the easiest way to see that. So. So, for my co-hosts, Sarah Timono and for Talos Marvelous, I am Klaus Nightbringer, wishing everybody a wonderful evening. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Pray something or another. Phoenix Down Radio is a production of phoenixdownradio.com and Illusion Productions. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. In-game content for Phoenix Down Radio is the copyright of Square Enix. Open the music for Phoenix Down Radio is provided by Guilty Gear Rocky. Check out the Metal Chocobo theme cover and many other music videos at youtube.com slash guiltygearrocky. Closing music for this episode is provided by GuitarLinker90. Please check out their full version of Matoya's Cave and other rock video game covers at youtube.com slash GuitarLinker90. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of Phoenix Down Radio and its hosts and do not reflect the views of Square Enix.